welcome to Scrollin', a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket, and this is episode number seven. Alright, so public test server version 5.1.0 is now active. So if you have access to PTS, uh, you can log on right now and start testing out uh, some of these new balance changes that are being rolled out here. Uh, and speaking of which, there are a lot of them. There are, there are a ton of changes. A ton of them are significant changes as well. So if you haven't already, you know, if you spend any amount of time in this game, uh, you know, and you you invest your time in this game uh, to a you know to a high degree, you you might want to go uh, to the uh, official forums, go to the PTS section, and just read over these uh, these notes in their entirety. Because uh, I'm not going to be covering every detail in their notes in these notes because it's a lot it's a whole lot so i'm just going to try to focus on the stuff that seems to be the most significant to me um and uh, and maybe glossing over the rest is, is kind of my plan here um but uh the first thing to talk about though is just the fact that there are so many changes and that so many of the changes are Major. I'm talking like they're reinventing uh, skills and like in, in how they work and, and things like that. Uh, and people are going to have to rethink some things about how their build is put together and maybe, you know, their strategies and how they play the game. And I do want to point out, though, that this isn't new. This is something that happens all the time, not just in this game, but in pretty much any MMO that uh, that I know about. Um Big drastic changes happen from time to time. With this game, it's about once or twice a year we'll get a couple of really big patches that change a lot of stuff. Um, you know, the last really, really big one was actually a couple of years ago with uh, Morrowind expansion, and that's kind of that's kind of what this reminds me of uh, is uh, at that time because when the Morrowind expansion dropped, a lot of players were. Uh, you know, displeased, let's say. Uh, they were very, very unhappy about a lot of the changes that were being made. Um, most notably, a lot of nerfs to people's sustain for that patch. Uh, and people were kind of scrambling around trying to figure out how to sustain themselves through a DPS rotation or in a fight in PvP. Uh, and they, people really did have to make some adjustments to their builds. Uh, I think in retrospect, you know, nothing. it was nothing too drastic. It was just you know, change out a few glyphs, maybe change a moon to stone, you know, now we see it's, it's pretty easy to, uh, to have some sustain and some damage. You do have to invest a little bit, unlike before where it just kind of came so easily. You do have to invest a little bit, but it's still totally possible to invest some in sustain and still do more than plenty of damage. Um, and that's the thing is like now looking back, we can see like th those were probably positive changes. Like it, se it seems like the balance, overall balance of the game, especially in PvP, is better after Morrowind. Uh, but the thing is, at the time, it was just so many changes that affected so many people that there was this perception of loss, right? That just never feels good. And you, you, you really can't expect an entire player base to be so understanding when you're, you're taking things away from them. You're making things more difficult for them. Uh, you know, and there may be totally solid, great reasons to do that. And we can, we can see in hindsight now, yeah, like, yeah, those, that was a good idea. 
Um, but the way it was rolled out, and I think the communication uh, during while it was being rolled out, you know, could use some work. I think. But uh, uh, who knows? Maybe maybe there is no way to make these kinds of changes without an uproar happening. Maybe that just isn't possible, and they know that. You know, I, I really don't know because there certainly does seem to be an uproar uh, every time um, major changes are made, um, which I think is of course to be expected. You know, some people don't like change. Uh, so. Anyway, I think this is going to be like Morrowind. Uh, honestly, a lot of these changes seem drastic. They seem severe. It seems like it's just going to totally destroy some builds. And I don't know, maybe that is the case. But I think a year from now, we're going to look back and and see that maybe these were positive changes, like Morrowind. Maybe balance actually is better now. And it was a painful transition. And it sucked for some people that maybe grinded out a lot of gear or just learned to rely on certain abilities really heavily. And they have to, you know, totally reinvent how they play the game and get that frustration. Um, but uh, I don't know. I kind of have a feeling that this is going to be for the better. This patch is going to be for the better down the road. Uh, and they're not done yet also. Like that's another important thing to keep in mind is they're, they're nowhere near finished. This is... This is just another step along the path to what ultimately the devs' vision is is, is here, and I do believe that they have a vision. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about a bit more about that here in just a little while. Uh, before we dive deeply into things, I want to kind of um, read a couple of excerpts from a, a message from Brian Wheeler. He's the the lead combat designer uh, on this team. Uh, if you want to read the full message yourself, it's on the official forums. It's discussion number 484201. Um, and uh, the post is by Brian Wheeler himself. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read a couple of sentences here. Um, so one thing he says, he says, We're aware that some content has been designed around old functionality of abilities that existed beyond our standards and might need some sort of compromise in regards to how you engage with it and or how we balance it. I think that is a very strong statement. Um, you know, he's basically saying like, hey, you know what? If after after this balance after this balance patch goes live, if your old build isn't cutting it, if your old strategies aren't working, it might be that you're just doing it wrong. You know, and you might you might have to engage with the content differently. You might have to engage with the content in a way that they intend for you to, rather than cheesing your way through it. Uh, like, like I think a lot of us have been doing for a while now, honestly. Uh, but then he also says, you know, and or how we balance it. So, you know, maybe after this patch, they, it seems like they do expect players to adjust and figure out how to make it work. Uh, but then, you know, if it still just is not working, then of course they can, they can balance the content. We're talking about PVE here. They can, they can balance the content that I feel like that's easy, really. Um, you know, you can always make dungeon monsters do less damage or have less resistance or whatever. Um, so, uh, I think that's kind of a non-issue, uh, especially, a, you know, a patch or two from now from a PVE perspective, this stuff's all going to be ironed out. They're not going to allow content to be unfinishable, right? Like they, they monitor that stuff. They know what the completion rates are. Uh, and, you know, and if it gets to a point where, you know, 
most of the people who attempt a dungeon are not completing it, they're going to fix that. They're not going to let that fly. I wouldn't worry. If you're a PvE player, I really would not worry. Um, uh, the, the worst case scenario, you might not be able to cheese through some mechanics. Um, personally, I don't think that is the worst thing in the world. I don't know. Uh, so another thing he says here, he says, we are not averse to the idea that players might need to adjust their current builds, such as running more defensive ultimates rather than offensive ones, or running more survival enhancing sets rather than pure damage or buff oriented sets. Uh, so right there, he, I mean, he's, he's telling us like, Hey, the meta isn't what you think it is anymore. All right. Like maybe you can't go into a trial with a pure full throttle glass cannon DPS build, right? Like maybe you need to take survivability into account now because things are different. Uh, you know, uh, and I think that's another strong statement. You know, they're, they're, they're telling us like, Hey, we make this game. We, we know how it's supposed to be played. You might need to change some things. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think these statements especially really give, they honestly fill me with confidence, uh, that Brian Wheeler seems to have confidence with these things that he's saying here. Uh, it tells me that it seems like they really do have a vision, a, a, an idea of where they're going, and they're just not there yet. You know, like it, it's taken a few patches, and I think people are just impatient, but I think it's hard work, you know, and I think that they are making their way. And, you know, they just inherited this game not too long ago, right? This is a fairly new team. Uh, just at the very end of last year, they took over. Uh, and so... You know, they're dealing with a system that was designed by somebody else, you know, uh, and they're trying to get a handle on it as best they can. I, I do believe in them. Brian Wheeler, I think, has a good track record uh, and, a, uh, and he knows what he's doing. And I also believe in Gilliam as well. Um, so we'll see. Um, <clears throat> so that's basically all that uh, Brian has to say. I think it's a good thing that they're sticking to their guns there and they're not just bowing down to player demands because, you know, honestly, players don't always know what's best. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it can seem like you read through the forums and you see like a lot of people saying the same things and it can seem like, okay, we're all at a consensus here. We all know what's best. But sometimes it's just not the case. You know, like if you're not an actual game developer, uh, you don't actually like work there, you don't know all there is to it. You don't know the full picture. And the people that are commenting on the forums don't represent the entire player base. And actually, they're a pretty pretty small portion of the player base um and so if we if the devs just bow to all of their demands and just make exactly the game that the that the forum people want it to be you're probably going to lose a lot of your casual player base which my suspicion is makes up a large majority of this game's player base so uh i like these statements uh I, i it gives me hope so from the actual patch notes themselves, I guess this is from Gina Bruno. Um, I'll read a couple, of, a couple of things she has to say here. Uh, they say, we want to make it clear that our standards are not unflinching. And just because we've done a pass of abilities with the audit doesn't mean we'll never return to them or make adjustments. I think it's important to keep that in mind. Um, they say, none of this was done under the guise that our standards are perfect. So they're not assuming that they know everything. You know, they they have some ideas that they're trying out, right? Um, 
And they also say ba balance is highly contextual. So we've taken the stance of reining, reining in the varied behaviors of our incredibly dynamic game so we can do a better job moving forward uh, addressing abilities that fall out of line. Uh, and right there, they, they say, so we can do a better job. I mean, I feel like in a you know an offhanded way, that's an acknowledgement that they haven't been doing a great job at, at this task up to this point. Uh, and they are getting things aligned in such a way where it's this is it's going to be easier for them to do and they can do a better job of it. Uh, it is an unwieldy game. There are a lot of mechanics. There's a it's it's difficult to predict how thing how certain builds are going to work, how certain abilities are going to interact with each other. Uh, there's a lot of volatility in how this game works and I think even for the developers it's difficult for them to predict how certain changes are going to affect the game. Uh, and that, I think that could summarize overall what they're trying to do here is to make, make these things more predictable, right? Uh, and it's just going to make their jobs easier. Uh, I think this isn't the actual balance patch, right? The last few patches, and this one included, is getting things lined up so that the real balance patch can happen later. That's that's how it seems to me. And I think we we need to remember that um, change should be expected in a game like this. Uh, it's always going to happen. It's never going to not happen. And when balance changes stop happening, that's when we should be worried. That's when it's a sign that you know the the devs don't care anymore, or maybe the game is dying at that point. Um, the fact that they are making these sorts of attempts, and these are pretty big attempts like they're obviously working hard um shows that they're still they're still into their jobs you know like there's they still want this to be a cool game um and you know if we somehow were to achieve some sort of perfect balance which i think is probably imp impossible but hypothetically if we achieved like ideal perfect balance in this game you know then what we, we lock in all of our meta builds right and they and they just stay how they are forever and that that seems really boring to me you know like i i really have a lot of fun creating builds and you know theory crafting and figuring out how to be effective in these different metas you know that's where i get a lot of my enjoyment in this game from and if that's no longer necessary right i just find the one build that's perfect for me and i never ever have to change it i feel like i'm probably going to get pretty bored at a certain point and and that would be the thing that maybe makes me kind of move on to something else honestly so i don't know i know there's different differing opinions and different people play this game for different reasons and they want to get different things out of it uh that's just one perspective i i like change i i welcome it and i i'm i'm curious to see what things are going to be like um once these changes are made and we'll get we will we will get into the actual changes it's a lot uh this is going to be probably a pretty long episode. I'm, uh, I've done my best to cut out all the fat and only focus on kind of the juicy bits, the stuff that I think is really relevant and really important. Uh, but even doing that, even cherry picking out all that juicy stuff, it's still a lot. Um, so buckle up. I'm going to be here a minute. So before we get into the actual like combat and ability changes and stuff, uh, I, I want to go over some quality of life stuff that they're adding that I think is very, very cool. 
I won't spend a lot of time on this, but I, I just think it's worth mentioning. So for one, we're getting a new multi-crafting system where you can uh, perform bulk actions at crafting stations. So you can queue up, um, you know, a number of items to craft all at once. So, you know, if you want to say craft a stack of 50 potions, then you can, you can say, Hey, cra craft me 50 potions. Um, and, and they say you will receive your items immediately in the notes. So that seems to, su to suggest to me that you don't have to wait for it to craft one thing at a time, or in the case of potions, you know, it's only four at a time. It seems like, you know, if you, if you plug in, give me 50 potions, then you just immediately get 50 potions. This is how they make that sound just based on this wording. And I know PC people have had add-ons that help do this sort of thing for a while, but even those add-ons, you have to wait for it to craft only four potions at a time or, or whatever. And they say this isn't just uh, potions. This is going to um, apply at all crafting stations, right? So like armor, jewelry, whatever. Um, that's really great. I think especially great for console players, but also great for PC players. Anytime I can uninstall an add-on, that's, that's going to be a great thing for sure. Um, and yeah, they say the bulk actions that you can perform uh, will include refining, creation, deconstructing, and uh, extracting. So I think that's basically everything except improvement. Um, so that's very cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, I craft almost every day. Uh, if nothing else, I craft potions to do battlegrounds and stuff like that. So that'll just make life slightly easier for me. That's very nice. Uh, they've also made some changes to how undaunted keys work, and this seems really, really cool. Uh, there's some, there's some, there's some neat stuff here. So for one, keys are now a currency. They're located in your currency tab, and they can be accessed by all of your characters. And they do say that you'll have to log in with each character in order for their keys to be converted into that new currency. Um, so, you know, as soon as this patch goes live, you, you may want to just log in with each character really quick so that all their keys flip over to the currency tab there. Uh, but then, from that point on, any keys that you accumulate whatsoever, that's where they're going to be, and any character can, can access them at any time. Uh, that, that's really nice. Um, also... Um, instead of going to, instead of using these keys to open the undaunted chests, what you can do is go just directly to the uh, pledge master NPCs that like give you the actual undaunted pledge, and you can buy coffers from them that basically give you the same stuff that the chests give you, with the same drop rates, as uh, what they say. Um, and I think the whole point of that is to kind of clear up especially for like newer players like how do you get certain gear like if i want a grothdar shoulder piece you know where do i go to get that it's uh it's not obvious um but now it kind of it kind of is a little more obvious you know glirian gives you that pledge so if you want grothdar you go talk to glirian and you buy a you buy a coffer from him and it has a chance to have the grothdar shoulder piece in there um so I think I just think that makes a little more sense, uh, and uh, I don't know, it just seems neat. Um, they also say that um, the NPCs also sell these new specialized coffers that you that cost five keys instead of one key. Um, and a special thing about these is uh, the RNG is uh, is only between two possible monster sets, 
And I'm guessing you'll know it'll be it'll just tell you in the description which two monster sets it'll be is my assumption. So, you know, instead of spending one key and getting potentially like one of 20 different monster sets or whatever, you can spend five keys and have a chance to get one of only two. Um, so you you seriously narrow down uh, the potential results uh, by spending by spending more keys. But at the end of the day, you know you're probably going to end up spending fewer keys uh, to get what you really want. Um, so that's just a cool option. You you know you you just have those those two options. You can spend the one key just like you always have, or the five keys for the new thing. That's that's really neat. Um, and then the NPCs also sell the monthly monster style page. Um, you know, those will still drop in the coffers just like they've always dropped in the chests like the, at the same drop rates as always. That hasn't changed. But if you don't want to mess with the chest and RNG and all that stuff, and if you just have a big stockpile of keys that you're not using, um, well, the NPCs will now sell those style pages directly for 50 keys each. So you don't want to mess with all that stuff. You have a bunch of keys you're not using. Just go to whatever NPC it is and just pay 50 keys to get the style page straight up. No RNG involved. That's um, a cool option, you know. And and you can still do it the old-fashioned way, just by opening those coffers, and you have a chance for it to get it there as well. It's just another option. Uh, I like that a lot. I think it's really cool. Uh, especially for like long-time players that have, you know, they've done their Undaunted a long time ago. There's really no need to for them to grind all that out again to, just to build up their keys or whatever. Um, I think that's a, that's a good little quality of life change there. Um, they don't mention whether or not the chests are staying or going, the undaunted chests. So I don't know if buying the coffers from the NPCs totally replaces the chests or if it's just an additional option. You could go to either one and it just gives you the same stuff. I really don't know. Um, my guess is that maybe you wouldn't be able to use the chests anymore. That would just be, they would just be props, like set dressing at that point. But that's just a guess. I don't know. All right, next quality of life. Uh, this one's pretty cool, although uh, it costs actual money. So just depends on how you look at it. But uh, skill lines for alts. So if you fully complete a skill line on one character, say like Mage's Guild or Undaunted, um, then you have the option to purchase that skill line for another character. And, uh, and I want to be specific about the wording. They, see, they say you can purchase that skill line on another character, so not all other characters, right? Uh, so I'm pretty sure you would have to purchase it for each character that you want it for, I'm guessing. Um, and of course, you can still just grind it out again, just like we always have been up to this point. I'm sure there's going to people going to be people that say, "Hey, this is a cash grab," uh, but you know, as long as you still have the option to grind it out, just like we always have, you know, it's just an option that people have now, and doesn't not a big deal to me, honestly. I think it's great. I think it's awesome. Um, so the skill lines that are included, they say, are both the Alliance War skill lines, uh, Dark Brotherhood, Thieves Guild, Fighters Guild, Ledgermain, Mages Guild, and Undaunted. And they say the Sigic Order, Soul Magic, Vampire, and Werewolf, um, those will all become available in a future update. And I'm not sure why that is. I have to imagine it's it's got to be some sort of technical hurdle or something, because that's just money, you know, if, if they don't put that in this patch... Uh, that's just money they're not making because people would absolutely buy that Sigic Order one for sure. 
So I don't think they're trying to hold out on us. I think there must be some technical reason that, that that's not coming with, with these others. Uh, but I really don't know. Um, that's just how it seems. Uh, there's some other quality of life stuff, but it's pretty minor. And for the sake of time, I think I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to move on. Uh, I think right now I'm going to take a short break uh, and then when we get back. We will continue on talking about uh, a little bit about these new dungeons and then, um, the new armor set that come into those dungeons. So, uh, I will be right back. All right. So upcoming DLC, it is called the scale breaker DLC and it is a, a dungeon pack. Uh, it's basically just basically just two dungeons, uh, along with all the stuff you typically get uh, with a DLC dungeon. Um, it's more dragon stuff. It's more dragon themed, and it's a continuation of the story that we've been getting with all the DLC and expansions this year. So it started with Wrathstone, um, and then uh, elsewhere continued that story, and of course you know gave the big bulk of that story there. Um, but you know if the elsewhere main story seems to end uh, a bit abruptly to you, like it did to me. Well, it's because it actually isn't finished yet. Uh, so we're going to see the next installment of that with these dungeons here. That is, you know, if you can get into a group that actually slows down enough to pay attention to the story and doesn't just blast their way through it, I'm going to have to uh, really ask some uh, some guildmates uh, for people that are like-minded in that regard. I mean, I like blasting through dungeons too, but at least the first time I want to experience the story for sure. Um and then, yeah, there's, there'll be one more DLC later this year that'll that'll wrap it all up. Uh, I think this is the first time they've done that, where the whole year, all the content they release is just one long, continuous story. I think it's a pretty cool idea. Um, and, you know, you get all the, the same stuff that you get with a normal dungeon pack. There's new collectibles, new achievements, um, stuff like that to earn. Uh, and of course, there's a bunch of new armor sets. There's uh, eight total new armor sets, four in each. Uh, dungeon, including the monster sets. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about next. So let's just dive right into that. So in Moongrave Fane, um, we have a light armor set called Hollowfang Thirst. Um, that one gives you spell crit, max magicka, and spell crit. And whenever you crit for the five piece, whenever you critically heal or critically damage a target, spawn a ball of hemoglobin at their location. After two seconds, the ball explodes, restoring 3470 Magicka and applying minor vitality to you and your allies uh, within six meters. And that lasts for nine seconds, and it can occur every nine seconds. And if you don't recall, minor vitality increases your healing received by 8%. Uh, so this is an easy way for a healer to have 100% uptime, or, or close to it, uh, for minor vitality. Um, the the proc is ba is just whenever you critically heal or critically damage a target, spawn the ball. So there's no percent chance or whatever other than just what your crit chance is. Um, so you should have pretty close to to 100% uptime on that. You know, c considering all the multiple heal over time and damage over time abilities that that are probably coming from you at any given time. Uh, so it's just a way to help the tank and maybe your Magicka melee damage dealers sustain a little better and maybe make them a little more robust so that they can withstand being in the danger zone like that. Uh, because the ball, it, when it explodes, it, it hits everyone nearby within a six meter radius. So your tank, and maybe you have a Magplar and a, and a Mag DK as your damage dealers, well, all of them are going to get that. Uh, plus they're going to get this, this healing buff, which 
like I said, especially those Magicka Damage Dealers, if they're right there in melee range, that they're in a lot of danger. They're very squishy. You know, have, having that uh, that minor vitality might be valuable, especially as we see, as we'll see later, the, the healing meta is shifting quite a bit, and overhealing may not be as easy as it used to be. Um, so I don't know. The, the, the meta is totally up in the air right now. Uh, we'll just have to see. I really don't know if this will actually fit into the meta or not. Um, but it does seem at least useful, for sure. Uh, and then we have a medium armor set. Uh, these are all spelled weird again, of course. Uh, Dro Zakar's Claws. Um, that one gives you physical penetration, uh, weapon critical, stamina recovery, and the five piece for every bleed effect you have on an enemy. Increase your weapon damage by 200 against them. And I, can th I think that it could potentially be uh, quite strong, honestly. Uh, it could be very, very strong. Um, though, um, keep in mind, uh, we haven't, we haven't gotten to this in the patch notes yet, but, uh, bleeds are actually going to be mitigatable now. Um, and we'll get to that here in just a little bit, but, uh, this maybe isn't quite as strong as it seems on its face because, uh, your ble bleed damage is actually going to observe your character's physical resistance from now on. Uh, but still, even so, that seems, that seems like a strong set for sure. Uh, the heavy set gives you max health, healing taken, max health, uh, and then the five piece, whenever you deal direct damage, gain a stack of resolve for 10 seconds. Each stack increases your healing taken by 1% and your physical and spell resistance by 420. You can only gain one stack of resolve every one second and it stacks up to eight times. They really like the stacking business, right? Like in the past several patches, we've been getting a lot of... Uh, stacking mechanics. Not necessarily a bad thing, it's just they, they clearly like using that. Um, so this is just another set that is going to make your tank extra tanky, right? 1% healing taken and 420 physical and spell resistance anytime you deal direct damage. Uh, it stacks up to eight times, lasts 10 seconds. So you can have a whole bunch of physical spell resistance and um, I guess an additional 8% healing taken. Uh, you can be quite tanky. You can be quite tanky. Um, I think anytime I see a, like a selfish tanky set like this, I'm usually not interested. And I feel like probably most players, most tanks aren't really interested either. It's already very easy to be extremely tanky in this game if that's what you want to be and and you can do that by getting sets that are very easy to get you don't have to grind through dungeons to get them you can just go you know craft yourself a set of fortified brass go buy a set of plague doctor from a guild trader and you're as tanky as can be right right there you know um so i think if if someone just wants to be selfish and tanky you know there's there's already easy ways to do that. I don't see a lot of tanks rushing to grind this set out. Um, you know, stay, staying alive isn't that hard for a tank most of the time. If you're in a decent group, what most groups want from a tank, like we've said before, is utility and generally a way to help buff DPS is, uh, is generally what they want. Um, so I don't know. Maybe someone will prove me wrong. And like I said, this the meta is shifting perhaps 
considerably after this patch so maybe all that's out the window and tanks really do need to try to be tanky now um but i don't know i don't know if that's going to be the case or not um and then the monster mask is called grundwolf um this is a cool set so the one piece gives you weapon and spell critical um and then whenever you deal critical damage restore 1000 magicka or stamina whichever maximum is higher and then you gain 500 of the other resource and that can happen every five seconds so every five seconds you gain 1000 of your primary resource and 500 of the other one whatever that is seems like this could be an excellent set for pvp especially for magicka builds i mean it, it could be good for stamina builds too no question i, f I feel like it has particular value for magicka builds, um, you know, imagine an Altmer. So an Altmer, um, they get about, uh, like if you're, say you're like an Altmer um, Magsork, right? You're a Magicka build. Uh, one of their uh, race passive gives them 645 stamina back after they, they cast a class ability. That can happen every six seconds. So, you know, say you're an Altmer and you you have that passive, and then you're also wearing this set that's giving you 500 stamina back every five seconds. You know, that breaks down to a total of about 415 stamina recovery while you're in combat. Uh, for a Magicka build, that's really nice. That's going to make sure that your stamina pool stays nice and topped up. So when you need to break free, you're going to be able to do it. If you need to dodge, you're going to be able to do it most likely. Um, that's a that's a really cool set. And 1,000 Magicka every five seconds. I mean, I think that's that. It, I think that breaks down to about four an extra 400 uh, Magicka recovery total um, just from that set, which is significant that's very significant um so it's it's a pretty good sustain set for your primary resource and it's an awesome sustain set for your off resource it could also be great for a stam sork uh you know who maybe relies on streak quite a bit um you know uh it's it seems like a really cool set i can absolutely see plenty of people grinding this thing out especially especially pvp people uh, that's, that is a cool one. I'm, I'm going to be trying to get me a set of that for sure, just to try it out. Uh, so yeah, that's everything for Moongrave Fane. So we'll move on to Lair of Marsalak. Uh, and the first one is Zen's Redress. And it's spelled Z apostrophe E-N, so I think it's Zen instead of Zen, I'm guessing. Uh, anyway, you get uh, Magicka Recovery, Spell Damage, uh, Max Magicka, uh, and then your light attacks apply uh, the Eye of Zen on enemies for 20 seconds. Um, enemies with the Eye of Zen take an additional 2% more damage for each damage over time effect you've placed on them, up to 10%. So that's the second dot-focused uh, set we've seen in this in this new lineup here, right? We had uh, the medium set, Drozakar's Claws, in the uh, in the last dungeon we were just talking about, uh, an extra 200 weapon damage um, for every bleed effect you have against an enemy. Um, so that's that's a set that's like encouraging you to use dots, you know. Uh, and then this one um, is another it's another one that's highly encouraging you to use dots. Two percent more damage for each 
dot you have on them up to 10% more damage. Um, so that's really cool. Um, you know, I mean, basically everyone uses dots, right? Just about. Um, so that, that could potentially be uh, a strong set. I, I, I'm curious to see what the, what the testers come up with uh, for that one. Uh, at least, you know, even if it's not meta, if you just, you, you want to have a dot build just because you, you like that theme or whatever, then, you know, here's a great set for that. Uh, next up, we have a medium set. Uh, Azure Blight Reaper. You get weapon critical, maximum stamina, stamina recovery, uh, and for the five piece, when you deal damage with a damage over time effect, so here's another dot set, <laughs> uh, you apply a stack of Blight Seed uh, to your target for five seconds. Uh, at 20 stacks, the Blight Seeds explode, dealing 11,100 disease damage uh, to the target and nearby enemies. Um, so 20 stacks, that sounds like a lot. It seems like, man, it's going to take forever to reach 20 stacks. But the way you gain stacks is by doing damage with a dot. Right? So if you have three or four dots ticking away on, on, on an enemy, then that means basically every second you're, gain, you're gaining three or four stacks of this thing. So you'll reach that 20 uh, pretty quickly. It seems like that, that, that proc can probably pop off pretty frequently. Um, seems like it could be strong. Uh, another, yeah, another dot set. That is three out of these eight sets. Uh, that's three dot sets. And, you know, four of these sets are uh, damage sets. So three of the four damage sets are, um, are dot based. That's really interesting. I wonder if that is an intentional thing. Like if the devs had a conversation at some point, like they want to, they want this to be the dot patch or something like that. It, it's, it seems like it must be some. There must be some sort of intentionality there. It seems like, but who knows? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, the heavy set is called Dragon's Defilement. Um, you get maximum stamina, maximum stamina, maximum health. So right away, those first three stats seem really nice for a PvP setup. Um, and then for the five piece, when you take damage from a melee attack, gain a corrupting aura for five seconds that applies minor fracture and minor breach to all enemies near you. Um, and that can happen every five seconds. That That's kind of neat. And I wonder if that could maybe have some interesting uh, applications for like small scale PVP. You know, generally in, in small PVP groups, um, Tanks often don't really have a place, you know. Um, if you can't actually kill someone or, or at the very least uh, heal the team, it's like, I don't know, that your usefulness is kind of questionable at that point, uh, at least in small scale, I think. Um, I think most people are, yeah, they're looking for damage or heals. Uh, but if you have a good tank that does a good job of, like, enticing players to attack them, uh, and or maybe even chaining them into the group and stuff and you know trying to get them to attack you then you're giving them this um, minor breach minor uh, minor fracture that of course stacks with major breach and major fracture um, just makes them that much easier to kill that I don't know that could have some interesting uh, group utility there um, you know maybe, maybe in PvE too although I really I don't really see this having great PvE applications, uh, quite honestly. I think, if anywhere, we'll see this show up in P PvP. Um, 
but honestly, I um, I don't know. I, I feel like this maybe might not be the most popular set in this patch. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I, it's interesting. I, th I would think from the name Dragon's Defilement that it, there would be Defile in this set somewhere, but there isn't. It gives you minor fracture, minor breach. Um, okay, and then the monster set um, is called Marsalok. Uh, the first bonus gives you maximum stamina and then the two piece when you bash an enemy this this is an interesting one too when you bash an enemy you spew a cone of corruption dealing 8,000 disease damage um, the damage is increased by five percent for each negative effect the enemies have up to 150 percent additional damage uh, and that can happen every seven seconds um, 150% additional damage up uh, from a, a 8,000 tooltip sounds like a whole lot. Um, but I think it's probably going to be tough, uh, at least in a, like a non-raid environment, I think it's probably going to be tough to reach that full bonus. Because you only, you, only uh, you only gain damage in 5% increments for each negative effect. You know, I feel I feel like you're going to need a lot of negative effects to be on somebody before you're going to hit that 150%. But thing is, even the base tooltip 8,000 is a decent amount of damage that can happen every seven seconds. And I wonder if this is the best in slot monster set for the pummeling Goliath bash necro. You know, since it it procs off of bash when you bash an enemy, spew a cone of of corruption. So. You know, a necromancer just uh, the the pummeling Goliath. All they do is bash, basically. Uh, so this is just a little extra, little extra sauce on top of that. Uh, I bet we will see some people toy around with this thing. That that seems kind of interesting, especially the the bonus damage based on negative effects that enemies have. Um, I wonder, I wonder how players will find ways to exploit that. I bet a coordinated group in a battleground could make that pretty nasty actually that's all the new dungeon sets so um, we'll move on um, to updates to existing sets and they, they uh, updated quite a few sets actually I'm not going to talk about all of them because some of them I, I still just don't think they're all that interesting I don't think that they changed them enough for people to really take a big interest in a lot of these sets but some of them are pretty interesting uh, so I will talk about those first one is uh, elemental succession uh, the old one was just kind of honestly laughable uh, the old one the five piece bonus while you're in combat you gain a rotating bonus to flame shock or frost damage um, the active element changes every four seconds and your attacks dealing damage with the active element element gain 515 spell damage so you basically just have to be counting to four all the time and know which element is going to be active and then switch to use that, you know, that uh, damage type. It just, no one's going to do that. No one, no one is going to do that. I, I, I doubt anyone has ever equipped a full five piece of this set, except for maybe RP reasons. Um, but the new one actually seems you know, at least usable. So uh, the new one, whenever you deal flame shock or frost damage, you gain 500 spell damage for that element for four seconds. 
this effect can happen every eight seconds per element and you can have multiple different element buffs active simultaneously. So that's a really interesting change and it, it really opens up a lot of different possibilities here. Like you could pick one element, you could say, I wanna be a frost mage, right? And use this set and all your frost abilities uh, you know, will benefit from from this uh, 515 spell damage or 500 spell damage. Now they took it down just a little bit. Um, or you could say, I want to be an elemental mage, or I'm using ice, fire, and lightning. You know, and that's my build. Then this is a set that will that will boost all of those damage types by 500 spell damage. Uh, I don't know how testing would work out. Like if you're comparing it just to like something like Julianos. You know which which one to pull out ahead. I don't know, but uh, it seems like flavor-wise, you know, if if you're really wanting that flavor for to be like an elemental mage, that this could actually give you that and be pretty darn effective. Even if it isn't best in slot, I bet it's at least usable and gets decent results at the very least. So that's cool. Elemental succession is I think actually usable now. <laughs> Um, Overwhelming Surge, this is a very popular PvP set. Uh, the old the old five-piece, when you activate a class ability, you get a 15% chance to surround yourself in a torrent that deals 1892 shock damage to the closest enemy uh, within 12 meters. Um, yeah, 1892 every one second for six seconds. Uh, and that can happen every six seconds. It's pretty strong, pretty darn strong. Um, the new one... Um, you ha it, so they increase the proc chance. It's no longer a 15%, is a 33% proc chance. Uh, you surround yourself with a torrent that, deal that deals 1040 damage instead of 1892, so a little less damage. Um, but then 15% of the damage you deal this way is restored to you as Magicka. So you actually gain a new Magicka buff out of this, a new sustain buff out of this that you didn't have before. Um, and that can still happen every six seconds. So uh, a better proc chance, a little less damage, and then the addition of uh, a Magicka sustain buff uh, to that five-piece bonus. I think that's good. I think, you know, taking a little bit of hit on that damage is fine. 1040 shock damage every one second is still, you know, pretty decent. And if you're getting sustain in, in return for that, that might mean you can just put a damage glyph on one of your jewelry pieces instead of a sustained glyph and, you know, probably come out even there. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. Overwhelming Surge, already a popular set, probably going to continue to be a pretty popular set. Uh, next set I want to talk about is uh, 7th Legion Brute. This one's been changed as well. This is uh, also another extremely popular PvP set. This might be the most popular <laughs> PvP set right now, honestly. Um, the, the old five-piece bonus, or should I say the, you know, the current one on the live version of the game, uh, when you take damage, you have a 10% chance to gain 500 weapon damage uh, for five seconds and heal for 1260 health. And that can happen every two seconds. So uh, if you've never used this set before, uh, that stacks, right? The 500 weapon damage lasts for five seconds, but the proc can happen every two seconds. So, you know, you can get an extra thousand weapon damage pretty easy easily um, just by taking damage and so it's a pretty uh, common play style to wear this this is a heavy set by the way it's heavy armor and it's pretty common play style to wear heavy armor use a short sword and shield play super defensively play super tanky you're super hard to kill 
And then as you're taking this damage, you're gaining this 500 weapon damage stack. And whenever you get two stacks of that, you have a thousand extra weapon damage, which is a ton. Um, then that's when you go on offense, right? After your enemy has probably drained their resources trying to kill you. Now they're out of stamina or magicka or whatever. And now, and now you have all this weapon damage built up. Uh, and even though you're in heavy armor and you're like this tanky, brutish dude, you can still do a ton of damage uh, using this set. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a very popular set, a very common play style, um, and it's being changed a bit. So now, um, instead of taking damage, it's now when you cast an ability that increases your physical or spell resistance, you gain 350 weapon damage and 350 health recovery for 10 seconds. And that can happen every 10 seconds. Um, so, you know, basically everyone is uh, casting um, Major Ward and Major Resolve on themselves basically all the time, right? So it's it's not going to be hard to keep uh, that bonus up. But there's no more stacking, right? And it's far less damage. No, no longer do you have uh, the possibility of gaining a thousand extra weapon damage. Now it's just going to be 350 weapon damage and 350 health recovery no stacking it just lasts for 10 seconds and then it can proc again uh, after that um and, and of course this is going to disrupt a lot of people's play style this this set straight up just does not work the same way anymore um and understandably so some people are not happy about it uh you know especially if they've like spent a fair amount of gold uh, getting this set but thing is, man, th this is a good change. This needed to happen. You shouldn't be able to put on a heavy set of armor and be tanky and be hard to kill and also do a bunch of burst damage. Um, you should have to choose between being tanky or doing a lot of damage. You shouldn't be able to put on a single armor set and have it all, you know, and, um, you know, a lot of players like using this set, but also a lot of players complain about this set too because it's it's difficult to counter. It's very difficult to counter. Um, so you know, it's still you still get some. I mean, a fair amount of weapon damage. Three fifty is nothing to sneeze at. I think that's about what Hunting's Rage gives you. Um, so you know, you still can be this this heavy armor, hard to kill dude that still has you know, a, a respectable amount of damage. It's just not like the astronomical amount of damage it used to be. Plus the three, the 350 health recovery, um, that's really nice, especially if you're like maybe wearing Troll King as your monster set. That is going to be a very potent uh, buff to have right there. It's going to help you uh, help you stay alive uh, quite a bit. So I, I don't know, that, that seems like a good change. It seems like maybe this is much better balanced, still seems, you know, fairly strong, but... Probably not everyone's going to be using it anymore, but I bet some people still will be, honestly. So if that is the most popular PvP set, I would say probably the second most popular PvP set is Ravager. <laughs> uh, and the reason is because it's, it's pretty similar. It's a heavy armor set that allows you to have an incredible amount of, uh, of weapon damage. So the old five-piece bonus, when you deal melee damage, you have an 8% chance to increase your weapon damage by 645 for 10 seconds. That can happen every 10 seconds. So, you know, there's no stacking there. It's just 645 is a lot of weapon damage. It's a whole lot, uh, for, for especially for a heavy armor set to be giving you. Um, 
So uh, the new one, the new five-piece bonus, each time you attempt to reduce the target's physical or spell resistance, you gain a stack of Ravager for five seconds. Uh, and that increases your weapon damage by 125, and you can gain a stack every one second. Uh, and at four seconds, the duration doubles, so it'll last 10 seconds, but you can't gain any more stacks past that. So maximum, you're going to gain four stacks of 125 weapon damage, which is um, 500 weapon damage instead instead of 645, uh, and it's still a 10 second duration, just like the old one. Um, so it's really not a huge. I mean, 645 versus 500. I mean, that that's a loss for sure, but 500 is still a respectable amount of weapon damage to have. Um, the weird thing now is just the the way you proc it. It used to be when you deal melee damage, it's an 8 percent chance. Uh, now it's each time you attempt to reduce the target's physical or spell resistance. So I wonder, I mean, if you hit them with a, a pierce armor and they dodge and you don't actually land that hit, it was still an attempt. So does that count? You get a stack when, when you do that? It sounds like maybe you would. Um, I'm guessing this is meant for, you know, like a heavy one-hand shield build probably using pierce armor and you're like spamming that on them over and over and over again uh you're going to gain those stacks pretty easily um and then when the time is right you know that's that's when you unleash your burst um honestly still seems like a pretty uh pretty decent set but um that you do have to work around that proc a little more than you used to so i I think, again, we'll probably we'll see people still use this because just being able to wear a heavy armor set that gives you that much weapon damage is pretty enticing. Uh, but the popularity will probably die down a little bit just because it has that weird proc condition that I bet some people are not going to want to deal with. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. That, I think these, these two sets, Ravager and 7th Legion, they needed to be nerfed. Uh, and... You know, I think this is this right here. This, this is probably the maybe two of the best changes in this patch uh, regarding PvP balance. Um, and I, I think this this may be really what ushers us out of the the heavy armor meta that we we seem to be in right now. Uh, they they touched a bunch of other sets, but like I said before, I don't think many of the other changes are all that interesting. Feel free to go check out the the PTS patch notes uh, on the official forums if you want. Um, if you want to see all those changes, but these these are the most important ones: Elemental Succession, Overwhelming Surge, Seventh Legion Brute, uh, and Ravager. All uh, all pretty significant changes there. Okay, so what I'm going to do now? I'm going to take uh, another break. Uh, because we have a lot. This we're we're about to enter into the the really long portion of this podcast, which is um, all these combat and gameplay mechanic changes that are that are being implemented here. Uh, it's a lot. It's a big list to get through. Uh, I'm going to do my best not to rush through it because there's there's some stuff that is really worth you know focusing on and really talking about. Um, but at the same time, I'll try not to not to linger on things too long because we really do have a lot of ground to cover. So uh, let me go take that break and I'll be right back. Okay, so let's get into these combat and gameplay changes here. Um, so there's, just like with the armor sets, there's uh, a bunch of changes that are being made that I won't talk about just because it'll take forever. I'm just going to try to focus on the, the more significant stuff. 
uh, and you know, of course, check out the patch notes yourself if you want to see everything. Um, so first thing, we'll, we'll just talk about kind of the more general changes. Um, off balance will now last seven seconds instead of five seconds. And they said they'll explore ways to kind of message that to the player so that you know when you're off balance or when your enemy is off balance uh, uh, a little more clearly. Because uh, there is an indicator right now, but it's not always obvious. Uh, also, all player sources of bleeds will now respect physical resistance. And they say adjustments have been made uh, so that bleeds will still deal a similar amount of damage. And I think they, they put that in there to make that seem like less of a big deal. But the bottom line is uh, bleeds are mitigatable now, <laughs> uh, which is a good thing. And yeah, probably on average, they're probably going to be doing about the same amount of damage. But in Battlegrounds, for people who like, or just in PvP in general, for people who like really spec heavily into lead builds, um, you know, I bet those builds are, those those players are going to have a harder time getting those kinds of results um, with, with this change here, um, which I'm happy about. Honestly, I am. Uh, they also say many damage over time abilities um, have been re-standardized to follow similar behaviors. So um, all AoE dots will be 33% weaker uh, and cost 30% more. Okay, across the board. So that's every AoE dot. It's going to be 33% weaker and cost 30% more. They're, they're all getting nerfed, and that's all of them. I probably won't mention every single one as we, uh, throughout these notes, I'm going to skip a lot of them. But just to kind of throw out a few right now, we're talking, you know, Endless Hail, Elemental Blockade, um, Spear Shards, um, Lightning Splash, Caltrops, uh, Twisting Path. All of those are getting the same treatment, right? Basically severely nerfed. All AoE damage, all AoE dot damage is getting severely nerfed, right? In both terms of damage and how much they cost to cast. And that's just a new fact of life in this game now. Those abilities, that's just how they are now. <laughs> so um, uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the abilities that I'll be skipping over will fall under that, uh, that there. Now, the single target dots didn't get nearly the same kind of nerf hammer there. It seems like single target dots are still, you know, pretty potent and, and powerful, and they just got some minor adjustments. But I'll probably skip over most of those as well, uh, unless, you know, they they really they really change things in how the game is played. Um, also, um, these um, these ultimates, Deathstroke, Dawnbreaker, Berserker Strike, and those morphs. All those ultimates now have a 400 millisecond cast time added to them. So they're just going to take slightly longer to fire off. Um, and then Soul Shred uh, and Lacerate, and the morphs from those, um, they added a 500 millisecond cast time rather than a 500 millisecond delay that they had before. Um, I'm not sure what exactly the goal with that is, other than I heard... I heard someone say, I don't know if it was on a forum or if it was on a stream or something. Somebody mentioned that maybe they're trying to um, they're trying to maybe make it more difficult to animation cancel these ultimates. Uh, I, I mean, they make no indication that that's what their motivation is, but I could see that being the case, uh, especially like um, ballista. People like roll dodge cancel out of that. You'll actually like absolutely 
execute somebody and they didn't even see the attack coming because you you roll dodge canceled out of it um so i i don't know i have a feeling that maybe that's kind of what the motivation is there uh, i don't know what to th i mean you know 400 milliseconds 500 milliseconds doesn't sound like a lot um so i'm not sure we're just gonna have to see how that feels to use um yeah i don't know so that's all the general changes. Let's get into the class-specific stuff here. So we'll start with Necromancer. Uh, Blast Bones. Uh, taking a much-needed look at Blast Bones. It's a, it's a pretty buggy skill that uh, Necromancer just can't rely on a lot of the time, which is a shame because it's their primary source of big burst damage. So they say they remove the delay of the skeleton summoned from this ability and its morphs before it would attempt to leap to its target to help reliability. So there's no delay. You summon the skeleton. He takes off right away. They also, they say reduce the minimum range, but I think they mean increase the minimum range to 7 meters from 5 meters um, from when the skeleton will actually leap, you know, so if you're a certain distance away from your target, the skeleton will run a certain distance, and then if it's not there yet, he'll leap straight to the target. Um, so they're saying they'll do that from a 7 meter distance instead of a 5 meter distance now. So that, that might help a bit as well. So remove the delay and increase that minimum distance for that leap. Um, it might help. It can't hurt. Couldn't possibly hurt. It's a, it's a very unreliable skill in PvP. It really is. Uh, uh, Spirit Mender. This, this is a biggie. Uh, they increased the cost of this ability to 4320, up from 24 or 30, so almost double. Um, but increased the healing per tick by 90%. Massive, massive healing increase. This already healed for quite a bit. Uh, and then the Intensive Mender um, now heals for twice as much per tick rather than three times as much. Um, so, you know, the base ability is buffed by 90%, and then this morph, um, it doubles that amount rather than triples it. I think overall it's still going to be an increase in overall healing that's happening. Um, and then they also cut the, the cost in half as well. Um, so they basically put it back down closer to the original cost. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I use the Spirit Guardian uh, morph on, on my Magicka Necromancer, which absorbs 10% uh, of uh, incoming damage. Uh, and I'll probably continue to use that one. It's just, it's just going to cost a bit more. Um, but it's going to be doing almost double the healing, which I already I already found the healing to be sufficient for, for my needs. Um, so that's, that's going to be nice uh, whenever I take the time to log in with my Necromancer again. I haven't really been feeling it all that much lately. But that may change. Um, the cost increase might not even be that big of a deal because, check this out, Restoring Tether and Shocking Siphon, those are both now free abilities. They don't cost anything to cast. Uh, and also they scale off of your highest offensive stats. So Magicka, Stamina, it's completely agnostic and it's completely free to cast. Seems cool, but seems like maybe a bit much, honestly. Like, um, you know, those are like real skills that r really do things. <laughs> you know, like they damage people and heal and stuff like that. So I, I feel like there should be a resource cost there. But I guess the fact that they rely on corpses and stuff like that, I guess maybe that makes it okay. Um, we'll see how that pans out. Honestly, I'm not going to complain too much because necromancers need help in PvP. They, they really do. So maybe that will help them out. Uh, and they're they do seem to struggle with sustain as well. Um, so yeah, I think surely that that that'll help with that. Um, 
they made some other balance changes to Necromancer, but overall I think uh, most of them are pretty minor, and a lot of them fall under under those kind of categorical changes that they're making. So uh, um, I'll let you guys look those up on your own. I'm going to move on to the Dragon Knight. So uh, the Combustion Passive, it procs every two seconds instead of every five seconds. Uh, if you don't remember Combustion, you restore... I can't remember the exact amount, but you restore Magicka whenever you set somebody on fire, and you restore Stamina whenever you apply the Poison status effect, um, and that can happen every five seconds. Well, that can happen every two seconds now instead. And they say they did that to help kind of mitigate the fact that they're increasing the costs of a lot of other abilities. Um, so that that's good. It's good that they kind of kept that in mind. Uh, Next, Molten Whip uh, Morph. Uh, th this ability has been really cool. I've been using it a lot on my Mag DK. It really, you can really line up some really big burst with this ability. Um, they are taking it down just a little bit. The the stacks that you build up with that ability now give you 75 weapon and spell damage per stack rather than 125. So total, with all three stacks, you'll have 225 weapon and spell damage instead of 375 that you have right now. But everything else about that skill is uh, is staying the same. Um, so I think it's still going to be a pretty uh, cool ability. I'll probably continue to use it. I really have been enjoying it. Uh, and then Petrify, they reduced the range to 7 meters instead of 8 meters, which uh, seems fair to me. Uh, fossilize, fossilize is such a strong ability, and it, 8 meters seems a bit far for, for them to be able to, to totally cripple you like that. Um, I think reducing that range just a little bit like that is probably totally fair. Uh, a Dragonite is almost certainly within range already anyway because most of their skills have a similar kind of range. So I doubt many Dragonites even notice. Um, that seems alright. Seems like a fine change. So that's all we'll talk about for Dragon Knight. Um, Nightblade, Grim Focus. Uh, so this, the... If you if you don't know, Grim Focus last patch when elsewhere dropped got a, a defensive buff where each stack you you gain gives you a three percent um, damage reduction. You take three percent less damage for each stack. Um, now it's two percent less damage per stack. So uh, a bit of a nerf there. So grand total with all five stacks, you'll have a total of ten percent damage reduction rather than fifteen percent. Uh, I am a fan of that. As much as I have been enjoying this skill on my Nightblade, I do think it makes Nightblades feel a little too tanky. For your, you know, your silent assassin ganker class, I feel like they shouldn't be allowed to be that tanky, you know, and be the ganker. Um, and as it's been here lately, I can tell you Nightblades are harder than ever to kill. You know, it used to be they were hard to kill because you just couldn't get your hands on them, right? They're just slippery. Uh, but now they're still just as slippery, just as deadly as ever. Um, but then if you do get your hands on one, well, guess what? They're pretty darn tanky, actually. Um, so that's still going to be the case. They're just going to be slightly less tanky, uh, but I think still going to be feeling pretty good. I think that's that's probably uh, the sweet spot right there. Um Honestly, I think honestly, I think they could take it down even more, or just remove it completely. The fact that you can push a button and turn invisible anytime you want 
that alone is such a massive advantage that nobody else has without using a potion, which most people don't want to, you know, waste a potion, waste using their potion on that. Um, it's just such a big advantage. I feel like you should have to, um, you should have to sacrifice tankiness for that. But that's okay. I mean, I think Nightblades are in a pretty good spot, and I'm sure people who play Nightblades are are happy with this defensive buff here. Uh, power extraction, the AOE spammable uh, for the, the the stamina morph. Um, so this morph no longer increases the damage of the base ability, uh, but instead it reduces the weapon damage of enemies hit by 300 for eight seconds. So the enemies you hit with this have 300 less weapon damage for eight seconds. Um, so I mean, obviously that's a that's a PVP focused change there, and that seems like that's a pretty cool like group utility skill. This is a pretty I don't remember what the radius is, but it's a pretty big like it has a pretty big range. I think it's like eight meters or something like that. So you could potentially hit like an entire team with that, um, and just make them a little bit weaker so that maybe the rest of your team can come in and and wipe them out you know a little little bit more easily uh that that's pretty cool that's, that's pretty neat I, I don't see a lot of nightblades using this skill really at all and i i expect to see this more often now in pvp for sure uh, that's that's a unique that is a very unique thing Again, there's more Nightblade changes, but uh, I'm not going to focus on those. Uh, Grim Focus and Power extract Extraction were kind of the two uh, main ones that, that seemed uh, to stand out to me there. Um, so, yeah, Nightblade, Nightblade's still looking really good. Uh, I'll move on to Sorcerer. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Sorcerer. So, Conjured Ward. Uh, the reduce the shield size um, of Conjured Ward of the base ability and the Empowered Ward morph by 18%, 18% weaker. And remember, they shields were just nerfed back with Merkmire not that long ago. Um, so, you know, Sorks are still, you know, picking up the pieces from that one. Um, and then here, here we go again with another shield nerf. Uh, and also the cost has been increased to 43.20 instead of 35.10. And that's a bit of a blow. Now with the Hardened Ward morph, the uh, reduction is only 9% instead of 18%. So it still is nerfed, just not nerfed as much. I mean, what's the sort to do? I mean, they keep they keep nerfing our shields, man. Like, like what gives? Uh, I mean, I'm just playing. I'm, I'm not a sorcerer main whatsoever, but I do have a, I do have a sorcerer. Uh, and uh, the thing is, I don't use pets, and I don't really like using Dark Deal because it has the weird cast time and... Uh, you know, I just don't have a burst heal on my Magicka Sorcerer. What I do instead is I stack my shields and I rely on uh, Surge to heal me back up uh, and while I continue to go on offense. Um, you know, so with without a burst heal, that's really the best way I've found for me to kind of survive with my Sorcerer is to stack a couple of shields uh, and then just keep fighting, and hopefully Surge will fill my HP back up while those shields hold. Uh, and it's fairly effective. I mean, it's not totally foolproof. People eat through those shields all the time, uh, make no mistake. Um, but it's about as effective as a good burst heal, I would say. Uh, but now I'm probably going to stop doing that, and I probably will just kind of learn to live with Dark Deal or something like that. Um, 
you know, uh, we'll see how it pans out. I'm not going to feel too sorry for sorcerers, to be quite honest. Um, they're, they are crazy, crazy, crazy strong in PvP. In, in PvE, you know, they're good enough. They're fine. They're great. Uh, PvP, man, sorcerers are a force to be reckoned with. Whether it's pets, no pets, doesn't matter. Man, they're tough. Um, so th they can still afford to be taken down a peg or five, honestly. Um, winged Twilight and Twilight Matriarch uh, reduce the damage by approximately 69%. There you go. That's another blow. Uh, the Twilight Tormentor uh, reduced the damage dealt uh, by approximately 35%. And I don't think that's in addition to the base ability because it's like a it's a different it's a different summon. So I don't think that 69% reduction of the base ability applies here. So I think the Twilight Tormentor is only getting the 35% reduction, whereas the base ability and the Matriarch are getting the 69% reduction. So the Tormentor is going to do uh, more damage than the other versions of the skill, but still less damage than it currently does. I hope, hope that makes good sense. Basically, this skill and all its in incarnations uh, are being nerfed by a, a substantial amount. Uh, and then the clan fear, the clan fear isn't getting any damage nerfs. Uh, well, actually, yes, they are. My mistake. Um, the clan fear overall is going to be doing about eight percent less damage, and fourteen percent less healing. And I know a lot of people complain about pet sorks, myself included. They're they're hard to deal with. Like I just got done saying, sorcerers are hard to deal with. Um, this seems like a lot for a sork to deal with, though. I mean. Uh, yet another shield nerf um, and then nerfs to their pets which for a lot of sorks those pets are, are everything right that's your whole strategy is those pets um, I think they'll probably figure out a way to make it work honestly they'll probably just have to put a little bit more effort into it and you know maybe see what it's like for the rest of us to actually have to earn our kills uh, I know it sounds like I'm talking a lot of trash to sorcerers, but man, I'm telling you, I have a Magicka and a Stamina version of every class in this game, and I play with all of them pretty frequently. I don't even main a Sork. It's not even one of my top three classes that I play with, but still yet, I get kill after kill after kill after kill with my Sork with barely even knowing what I'm doing, honestly. Uh... And you know when I when I face up against them uh, as well, I mean they're they're tough, dude. They're tough. Um, so still, it's this it's could it's possible this could be a bit too much maybe, but we're gonna have to see. It, it might be just the right amount, or I mean still not even be enough. I don't know. Um, but I, I do think that these are they have the right idea here at least. Um, so anyway. Uh, Bolt Escape is now unblockable. So that's awesome. That's good news for a Stam Sork and a, and a Max Sork, both. Um, and then they reduced the ramping cost of using this uh, ability in succession uh, to 33% instead of 50%. So that's pretty nice. Um, so if, if you're using Streak, if you use it like back to back to back, it costs 50% more and 50% more each time you do it. Well, now, so, so it pre pre prevents you from just spamming the heck out of it and just zipping across the map, you know. Uh, well, now, I mean, that, that ramp up is still built in, but it's not quite as severe. 33% instead of 
I honestly don't think that was necessary, honestly. Like, Streak is still super... Like, it's it's a very strong skill. It gives you gives sorcerers a huge advantage. It allows uh, a Magicka sorcerer to run almost zero uh, stamina pool because uh, they can use Magicka to get, to get out of trouble instead of stamina a lot of the time. Um, but hey, whatever. I mean, they're getting so many other nerfs that you know maybe they can use that little bit of a cost uh of a cost reduction on that um so we'll take it especially a stamp sort i think could use it for sure uh so yeah basically the two most annoying things the two things that like basically everyone complains about uh about sorcerers shield stacking and pets um those have been addressed and we'll just have to see if they've been addressed a little too much or not again like i said I'm not going to sympathize too much. Uh, Sorks have had it easy in PvP for quite a while, um, so um, we'll just we'll just see how that shakes out. Uh, so that's all I'll talk about for Sorcerer. Next up, Templar. So I've been really feeling uh, the stamina Templar here lately. It's been the class I've been spending the most time with, and I feel like it's just the most fun for me right now. It's just a really cool playstyle. Um, and I think, I mean, if I understand these notes correctly, I think I'm getting buffed a little bit here, uh, which I, I'm looking forward to. Um, so, uh, first of all, puncturing strikes reduced the base cost to 2,700. It's down from 2,952. Uh, and then biting jabs, just like right now, it still has the 15% cost reduction. Um, so, you know, it'll cost less at base, plus even less for the biting jabs morph. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking that that's good. I mean, my, my Stamplar already has like zero problem sustaining. It's, it's super easy, not a problem at all. It's just going to be even smoother after this. So that, that's cool. Um, this next one, this doesn't really affect uh, Stamplar, but it's a significant change. This is actually one that people have been talking about quite a bit. And I honestly expect this to be tweaked a bit more before it goes live because there's some, there's some real potential for some toxic gameplay with uh, this skill, Eclipse. Right? It's already a really annoying skill. Um, so they reworked this ability and its morphs, so you will now envelop your target in a sphere of darkness for four seconds, which harms them anytime they deal to uh, a direct damage attack. So basically that's already what it does, but, but keep listening. So the first attack causes the sphere to hinder them, reducing their movement speed by 30% uh, for four seconds. Uh, their second attack, the second time they try to attack you or anyone, the sphere, cause, uh, the sphere will entangle them, which immobilizes them for three seconds. Right? So first they get a snare, reduce their movement speed, and then they get an immobilize. And then the third time they try to attack someone while they have this bubble on them, um, the sphere will smother them, which stuns them for three seconds. So you just get this ramp up of CC, right? You get a snare, then you get a immobilize, then you get a stun each time you attack. Um, and then these effects can only occur once every second. Uh, and they also say that the sphere can no longer be CC broken, but you can cleanse it off. So fighting another Templar, I guess they might be okay. But anyone else, um, as it is right now, your, your only real option if you get Eclipse on you is to disengage for four seconds, right? Um, and of course, 
anyone who's spent any time in PvP, you know that's not always an option, right? You you don't always just have the option to say, "Hey guys, time out for four seconds. I got I got eclipse on me." You know, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Uh, and even if you can, you know, four seconds passes and you jump back in there, you get another eclipse on you. What can you do? You know, you gotta gotta go hide again. Um, the fact that it can't be CC broken is a bit much. Uh, I think they just need to put it put it right back on the CC system, and it's still gonna be a crazy strong skill. But at least if it can be CC broken, it won't be just absolutely broken like it like it is right now. This this is gonna be a toxic skill that has almost zero counter. Um. So anyway, uh, the unstable core morph. Uh, so each time the sphere activates on the attacker, they'll take damage. Uh, and the damage uh, will increase based on what stage the sphere is in. Uh, so that could be pretty brutal. Uh, and then the total dark morph, they renamed it. It's now called Living Dark. And now you uh, envelop yourself in darkness for four seconds and anytime an enemy hits you with a direct damage attack they are immobilized for three seconds and you are healed and they don't they don't say for how much um they say oh but they do say the heal value has been decreased by about 25 percent um it can now occur every half second instead of every 0.75 seconds so there you go uh, and then a quote from them. They say, This new functionality is meant to retain the idea to punish the target from continuously attacking, but with less polarizing gameplay elements for both sides. Man, I just don't see how they came up with that. Less polarizing? Like, it seems like this is going to be far, far, far more polarizing uh, than the current version of the skill. I mean, right now it's just... it's. Basically like getting stunned, right? I, I CC break it and hopefully I have the stamina to do it and then then I'm back in the fight. Um, this is going to be way polarizing. There's there's no counter here other than cleanse or disengage. So I'm not sure I'm not sure how they they came up with that little statement there. It seems seems odd. Um, I, I don't expect this skill to go live like this. Uh, I mean, I'm sure some incarnation of this will, but they're, they're going to have to make a tweak. I think at the very least, just make it CC breakable again. Now I think people might shut up about it at that point, maybe. Uh, so the last Templar ability I'll talk about is Cleansing Ritual, and I am very happy about this one. Increased the healing per tick by 95%. Uh, and I think they might be increasing the cost a little bit as well. Uh, yeah, they are, but uh, it's not a huge cost increase. And for a 95% increase in the heal, it's pretty awesome. And if you're not aware, the last patch, they made this ability scale off of your maximum offensive stat. Either, you know, magicka and spell damage or stamina and weapon damage. Um so again, for my Stamplar, my Stamplar is already feeling really good about this skill. I mean, even before last patch, it's always been a skill that my Stamplar uses. It's too good not to use. It just got even better with Elsewhere because it scales with my stamina now, so it actually gives me a pretty solid uh, heal over time now. Uh, and and now, a 95 95% in, increase in that heal... Man, oh man, I'm I'm feeling really good about this skill. This is going to be <laughs> fantastic. Uh, so yeah, my Stamplar, the, the only two changes that really even apply to my Stamplar 
is cost reduction for puncturing strikes and this massive cleansing ritual buff uh, that I'm going to be enjoying the heck out of. So Stamplar, Stamplar's feeling pretty good. Uh, so that's all the that's all the Templar changes I'm going to talk about. I'm going to move on to Warden now. Um, not a ton of changes with Warden, not a ton of big ones anyway. Uh, but Advanced Species, this passive, um, it currently gives you three percent additional damage done based on how many um, animal companion abilities you have slotted. So it's a plus three percent damage for each one. Uh, now it's plus 2% damage for each one, so just a tiny bit of a nerf there. Um, Nature's Grasp decreased the heal over time for this ability, and it's morphed by approximately 24% uh, per tick. Uh, the only reason I mentioned that is because uh, this is the Vines ability, right? Uh, this ability is super strong in PvP, especially for like a Magicka Warden. You know, you can have them down to like... 10% health, and if they pop a damage shield and then vines, you basically heal them all the way back up by attacking them, right? Each time you attack them, you, all you're doing is hitting that shield, and the vines gives them a heal, and by the time you've eaten through that shield, their their health is full again. Um, it's a very, very strong skill, so um, I'm not really too upset about it being taken down a notch there. Um, that's, that's probably fine. Um... And then for the Bursting Vines, morph uh, the Burst Heal, so you can activate it a second time to get a Burst Heal, right? Um, that Burst Heal is increased by 13%. I think it's cool. Uh, I think that's pretty cool because uh, it was already kind of borderline on the edge of being like this cool utility skill that you could also use as a Burst if you need to. I just felt like the Burst was just a little too too small to, to justify using it in that way, but this might be what tips it over the edge to maybe allow me to, you know, unslot something else and just rely on this for burst. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably a good change. Uh, and there's not a lot else for Warden worth talking about other than just the the categorical changes, of course, that, that are affecting everyone with like AOE dots and all that. So um, read up on those patch notes if you want to see it all. So let's get into some of these weapon ability changes, and I think what we're going to find out is that a lot of these are some of the more impactful changes in this patch. Uh, and I think that's just because, um, you know, a lot of people use these skills. It's not limited to any particular class, uh, and so a lot of these skills are like on almost every skill bar, you know. Um, and plus, some of these changes are pretty drastic at the same time, and so I think this is what we're going to find is kind of where a lot of the more kind of significant stuff is coming from. Um, I'll start with two-hander, and again, I'm just going to focus on uh, the really standout stuff. There's there's a there's a bunch of changes. I'm I'm skipping a bunch of it. Uh, I want to talk about momentum though. Uh, so momentum, uh, it now lasts 20 seconds instead of 30. Uh, got a bit of a cost increase and no more heal over time. Uh, and instead, you get major evasion. Uh, and then the Rally Morph um, increased the baseline heal by 100%, so double, uh, but reduced the maximum scaling bonus to 300% instead of 564. So it means at the low end, you're going to get much more of a heal. At the high end, you're going to get much less of a heal, basically. Um, 
I think that's probably going to be beneficial a lot of the time. I know for me, you know, when I when I need to heal, I need it now. You know, I can't I can't be waiting around for for rally to to build up so that I can get a, a nice big heal out of it. I just have to activate it right now, and hopefully, it's enough to to save me. You know, uh, so I think in those situations, I'm going to be getting a better heal uh, after this change. Uh, the real bummer is no more heal over time. Right? That's that's a real bummer. And, uh, you know, not that it was a super strong heal over time. It, re it really wasn't that strong, but, you know, every little bit helps. And, you know, I use Troll King on a lot of my stamina builds. Uh, and, you know, even though this isn't a super strong hot, it's, it's just kind of a way of guaranteeing that Troll King is going to proc as soon as I drop below 50% health, right? Um... And so really, I, I liked the, the hot just for that reason alone. You know, I didn't even care if it was strong or not. Um, so that that will that'll disrupt a couple of my builds. I'm, I'm sure I'll figure something out. Um, and so getting major evasion as well. I mean, that's that's a, that's a great buff. Major evasion is awesome. Um, I think my stamina Templar is maybe going to be not so happy about that just because... Um, Major evasion is already pretty common, and it's just going to be like way more common now after this because basically everyone uses rally or forward momentum, um, and so l lots and lots of people are going to be running around with major evasion, which impacts a Templar in particular because you're if you're using jabs, your main spammable, your main damage ability uh, is AOE. Um, so. Uh, I think it'll probably be okay, though, honestly. I mean, um, like I said, Major Evasion is already pretty common, and my Templar gets kills. You know, it's it'll probably be all right. Uh, <clears throat> I am bummed, though, about losing that heal over time. I um, I, I wish that wasn't going away. Um, <clears throat> but at the same time, um, you know, healing has been overpowered in PvP for some time, and that that's true. Um Maybe it's for the best. I'm not happy about it, that's for sure. And then for one hand and shield, uh, a really interesting change here. So, um, Power Bash. This ability is now considered a spammable. And they're balancing it as such. So, um, the the base ability no longer stuns. No more, no more stun. Um, increase the damage by 94%. And reduce the cost to 2700 instead of 3780 so that's a big cost increase or decrease um so no stun double the damage and cost a lot less and then uh reverberating bash this is the one where you get the stun back so so now it stuns again um but it no longer uh defiles the target uh so that's the that's the trade-off there Uh, and so uh, it still does uh, double the damage, just like the base ability. Uh, however, uh, it only deals half of it up front, and then the other half gets dealt once the the CC is broken. After the stun is either it wears off or they CC break it. Um, so it'll it will deal the full amount uh, eventually. It's just half now, half after the CC. Uh, but if they're CC immune when you hit them with this, then they're only going to take that first half, and that second half just doesn't happen. So that's a 
That's a, it's an interesting change there. Um, but it could be, it could be vicious, honestly. Uh, it really could be. And reverberating bash is already, uh, a very strong skill. Uh, you know, losing to file. I don't know. I think that's probably okay. Honestly, like considering like just you're getting double damage out of it, a lot less cost. Um, seems okay. It's, it's not a skill. I don't really use one hand and shield. I don't really like tanky builds, honestly. Uh, so, um, you know, maybe someone who uses this skill a lot would, uh, I don't, I don't know if people are happy or not about this, but it seems like a cool change to me. Uh, and then the, the other morph, which I don't think I ever knew the name of this morph, it's called Power Slam. <laughs> and, you know, it sounds like a 90s Pepsi commercial or something. It's a funny sounding name, Power Slam. Um, so uh, they reworked the passive that you get from this morph. Um, it's now called Resentment. And Resentment activates uh, after blocking any attack and gives you 5% additional damage on your next Power Slam attack. Um, and then that stacks up to 10 times. Um, so that's kind of that old 7th Legion sort of play style. It's not, I mean, it's not exactly the same thing, but it's, it's a similar idea where you play defensively, you wait till the time is right, wait till you build up your big burst potential, um, and then when you have that window of opportunity, that's, that's when you go on offense. Um, you know, I know it's a play style a lot of people like, and, you know, 7th Legion doesn't really work that way anymore. Um, so if that's, if that's a play style that people are into, then that, this may be a way to, to sort of do that. And of course, we still have uh, Warrior's Fury, which <clears throat> is being nerfed just a little bit this patch, but it's still going to be plenty powerful. It's still essentially the same set. I think people are probably still going to use it. And, you know, paired with this skill here, uh, it could be possibly an even more potent playstyle than it was before, um, possibly. Uh, I don't know. I'm curious to see uh, what players do with this. Uh, it's, it, seems, it seems like there's some interesting potential there. Uh, dual wield, the most interesting change here was that they've reworked Hidden Blade. And again, this is one that is a bit of a bummer for me because I have a, a couple of builds that, that use this ability. Um, so it's no longer a ranged spammable. It is a utility skill now. So it had a big cost increase to 3780. The range was reduced to 22 meters. Um, the damage was reduced by 25%. So yeah, absolutely, that removes it from the spammable category. Um, and then this ability will now interrupt targets when they're casting an attack. So that's, that's what this skill does. It's an interrupt, uh, you know, and it deals a little damage. Um, and then the shrouded daggers morph, um, it still bounces from target to target, but, um, it no longer like increases the damage each time it bounces. Instead, it's just any one of those targets can be interrupted. Uh, is, is all that is. Um, and then the flying blade morph, and this is the one that I that I use a lot. Um, so this, some more, this morph allows you to reactivate the ability free of cost, uh, which then causes you to jump to that target. And you gain major brutality at that time. Um, so it's a gap closer, but it's a gap closer that you have to activate a second time. You know, so I don't know, someone's channeling an ability, you you hit them with this to interrupt them, and then I guess you can you can hit it again to just teleport to them and then 
do whatever. Uh, I feel like they should just make that one action, you know, just activate it once to interrupt and gap close. Just make this a gap closer. I think this would be a better thing to do there. Just the fact that you have to press it twice turns me off from it. Uh, but I don't know, you know, if you're already using dual wield for other reasons and you need a gap closer and your class doesn't give you one, then, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's what you need. The only other thing I want to mention about dual wield is the uh, blade cloak. So blade cloak has been adjusted to be more focused on being an AOE dot, a player-based AOE dot. So that is now the primary focus of this skill rather than primarily being a buff. So the duration is now 8 seconds. Um, they decrease the damage by 5%, but it ticks every 2 seconds instead of every 3 seconds now. Um, and then if you use Deadly Cloak, um, it'll, it'll tick every one second. Uh, but it no longer increases the damage from the base ability, but it's ticking twice as often, so twice as much damage. Um, and then Quick Cloak um, will still give you Major Expedition, um, but it also extends the duration of the, of the ability to 12 seconds. Um, I think this is an interesting skill. The only reason I wanted to mention it is because if you think about a, a Stamina Sorcerer, you know, that, that's a class that struggles with class identity, right? Like, they're strong, they're very good, especially in PvP, Stamina Sorcerer is very, very good. Um, but they just seem very generic, you know, and um, Hurricane is really one of the only skills they have that, that makes them, like, seem like a Sorcerer, right? Um and now blade cloak is a very similar type of skill you know it's this this torrent of aoe damage that follows you around everywhere you go and it increases movement speed um the quick cloak does uh so it's kind of even further diluting that class identity uh that that stamsork already struggles with because now everyone has a a similar type of skill i'm sure the visual effect is very different uh but as far as just its functionality and what it does, you know, it's, it's like everybody can kind of be a Stamsork now. Um, <clears throat> however, I think this is a particularly interesting skill for a Stamsork. Since they have that Hurricane, they can stack this on top of it. I'm thinking especially Quick Cloak, because Hurricane gives you minor expedition, and then Quick Cloak will give you major expedition. So, you know, if you're in medium armor, that's, that's the speed cap right there, probably. Um, so, uh, plus, you know, that it'll just make that spin to win kind of Stamsork playstyle all the more potent, right? If you have your Hurricane and Quick Cloak going at the same time, uh, and you know, you, you streak in, you know, dot someone up, streak in, dawn break, and spin to win, plus these two AoE dots uh, swirling around you at the same time. Uh, it's just going to make that a little bit more potent. So I, I do think this is a particularly good skill for a Stamsork, but at the same time it still is kind of diluting their sense of identity at the same time so that there's there's a there's a bit of a trade-off there it's an it's an interesting change and we it's not that it like it still gives the buff like it still is a buff ability you still get the the major evasion and all of that um but it just it's also doing decent dot damage now as well um so yeah it's an interesting change uh, so okay, let's move on to the bow. Uh, so scatter shot was uh, was kind of changed into a utility skill as well. Um, 
so it had a cost increase it reduced the damage uh, reduced the range to 22 meters um, and then the knockback effect is 8 meters now instead of 5 meters and then magnum shot it no longer knocks the caster back thank goodness like <laughs> who thought that was a good idea ever honestly uh, but instead it deals 20% more damage than the other morph and reduces the cost. So it kind of, I guess, sort of makes it a spammable, but still not still not enough damage and not cheap enough to really be a, a, a spammable. So I don't know. I don't know why um, you're not using this ability for damage. So just getting more damage out of it just doesn't seem very enticing to me. Like, you know, if I want to do damage, I'll, I'll use it skill that's made to do lots of damage uh so i don't know i think i think maybe they should do something else with that with that morph because that that just does not seem enticing at all to me uh and then the draining shot morph the heal from that ability now tr triggers upon dealing damage rather than uh be the target being knocked back so if they're cc immune and you hit them with it you still get the heal uh, but the heal was decreased by 20 percent um, so honestly, I don't know which one of the, I mean, I honestly kind of am thinking Magnum Shot might be the, the choice for me there just because, you know, with Draining Shot, I don't know, maybe, maybe that heal is worthwhile, but it's not, it's, it's not the reason, uh, I use it. Honestly, for me, the reason I use Draining Shot is because it's not Magnum Shot, right? It's because it's the morph that doesn't knock me backwards when I use it. Uh, so that's really all. I just I just want a CC ability from my bow. Um, so you know now I'm gonna have to rethink like which one of these do I really want? Quite honestly, the bonus effect from from both of them doesn't really seem uh, super spectacular. Uh, so I don't know. I hope they kind of spice that up a little bit. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter if they don't. People use the heck out of this skill no matter what. So uh, you know, probably not a huge deal. Uh, and then I'll just quickly mention Snipe was increased by 9%. Does 9% more damage now. So, uh, you know, Snipe spammers rejoice. I'll move on to Destruction Staff. Uh, destructive Touch. Uh, so this ability is now primarily a dot. That's its primary function is a single target dot now. Um, so they reduced the cost to 2700 from from 4050 so that's a major cost decrease um, reduced the initial hit damage by 17 percent uh, but increased the dot by 167 percent so uh, in the end that's that's just I think that's gonna be a lot more damage overall um, and the the base ability no longer grants additional bonuses depending on the staff that you're using. So no more knockback with the fire staff, you know, no more immobilize with the frost staff, uh, none of that. So it's just a dot. Um, and they reduced the range to 15 meters instead of 17, which I didn't. I don't think that was necessary, but whatever. Uh, the destructive reach morph. Uh, so now this morph retains the unique functionality for each staff type. So you get the knockback from the fire staff and all that. Um, but it no longer deals damage over time. So no longer a dot. It's just that special effect depending on the on the staff type that you're using. Um, so yeah, Flame Clinch still does the knockback. Uh, Frost Clinch still immobilizes the target. But um, Shock Clinch now will um, deal an AOE explosion and it does not stun the target. 
so the so the shock staff version of destructive reach um, no longer stuns. He does AOE. Um, I always thought. I mean, I know I I know already. I've seen people complain about this, and there's some people that that are not happy at all about that. But to me, it it makes sense. the The lightning staff AOE is the lightning staff thing. That's why you use a lightning staff because you want more AOE damage. And for two different staff types, two of the three destruction staffs both stun the target when you use this skill. It always, it really never made a lot of sense to me. Like, you know, the the only difference between the fire staff and the and the lightning staff is the fire staff makes the target move backwards a little bit in addition to stunning them. Right? Uh, they they both serve the same function by all all intents and purposes. Uh, I think it makes good sense that the lightning staff is going to be an AOE damage. Um, I just I hope that it's it's enough AOE damage. Like if it's strong enough, then I could see this being a really cool change. You know, you could really uh, take on some groups with this thing. I mean, of course, you don't want it to be too strong, but uh, that's the thing is if if this AOE damage that it deals isn't strong enough, then you know, destructive reach for a lightning staff is just not going to happen anymore, right? Uh, it's just going to be fire staff only. Uh, and that's basically all I wanted to talk about for the Destro staff. Again, there's other changes, but that's that's the most uh, interesting one. Um, so let's get into the Resto staff changes now. And this is probably the the change to Grand Healing here is probably the one change that's generated the most discussion that I've seen. Um, now a lot of healers are really, really unhappy about this and... I understand because the functionality that they've been getting out of the skill just simply does not exist anymore. And there really is no substitute. Uh, and so a lot of strategies that healers use for, for certain fights and certain situations, it's just not an option now. Um, and, you know, so people are not happy to say the least. Um, so grand healing, uh, this ability has been converted into a true AOE heal over time rather than a hybrid spammable hot. They say um, the incre uh, increase the duration to 8 seconds, no longer 3 seconds, but you can only have one active at a time. If you've never used this ability before, it's a, it's a 3 second long heal over time, which, you know, that sounds like, okay, 3 seconds, that seems super weak, but you can stack 3 of these on top of each other. Uh, these 3 big circles... Uh, and with all three going, it is a super duper strong heal over time that everybody standing in it um, is getting. And so for certain content, for really difficult fights where you just need to like kind of really power through, um, this is the skill that makes it happen. If you've ever, what's that, uh, what's that boss in City of Ash 2? I can't remember its name, but it's that Daedroth that breathes fire and summons like a billion adds and has all the AOE damage on the ground. Um, I can't remember its name, but a common strategy for that fight is for the damage dealers to just totally ignore the adds, just stand in the red uh, and burn the boss as fast as you can. And the healer just power heals the group through. And as long as damage is decent, um, you know... The, the boss dies before it really becomes an issue. The healer can can sustain long enough to just power heal the whole thing. This is the ability that makes that possible. This one right here. Uh, 
So that probably is going to be way more difficult to do things like that from now on, just because this, this ability doesn't function the same way anymore. And like I said, there's no substitute. There's no alternative uh, for this. So like in that fight, you know, maybe the damage dealers are, are maybe going to have to focus ads, uh, you know, maybe maybe the way the the designers intended for, for that to work. Uh, and I think that's that statement that we read from Wheeler earlier kind of falls in alignment with that, you know, like he was saying, like, you might have to engage with the content differently, meaning you might not be able to cheese it anymore. You might have to engage with the mechanics, you know, uh, and that sort of stuff. Um, so I don't know. I don't really main a healer. The only time I play a healer is just if I'm leveling a Magicka character through Undaunted. Um, so I'm not sure what healer mains have to say about it other than just what I, I read on the forums. Uh, but I do know that, you know, Zoss isn't going to allow any content to be like literally impossible to get through, right? If there's, uh, if there are fights and there are scenarios that healers are not able to heal their groups through no matter what they do, uh, or if it's overly frustrating and overly difficult to do that, um, then of course that they're going to be aware of that. Uh, their metrics are going to reflect that and, uh, have to imagine some adjustments will be made, uh, if that becomes the case. Uh, but they seem to be kind of holding to their guns as far as like, you know, if it's just a matter of you not being able to cheese mechanics, you know, maybe we might be okay with that actually. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I, I'm interested. I'm interested to see how it goes. And then, uh, regeneration, uh, this one, this is one that affects me quite a bit, actually. Uh, pretty much all my Magicka PvP builds, uh, use this skill. Um, so the healing per tick has been increased by 98%, so pretty awesome. Um, but the, the duration is now 10 seconds instead of 20 seconds. And now, and this is the big bummer, it can only hit one ally per cast. Now, the the thing is for me is when when I'm using this, I mean, I, I use this in PvP. When I'm using this, I'm, I'm not trying to give my allies the heal, right? I'm trying to give it to myself. And if somebody around me uh, gets it too, then that's just a nice bonus. But really, I just I just want the heal for myself. Um, so I, I hope they look at that and maybe find a way to make that possible where I can guarantee that I get it. Because you know, as it is right now, if I'm in a if I'm in a battlegrounds with four people on my or you know three other people on my team, I can hit this ability twice and not have to think about it again. I know at least one of those two casts hit me uh, because there's only four people in the group. Um, but now you know I may have to hit it up to four times before I actually get the heal, uh, which is you know that's that's a that's a bit much I think. Uh, so I, I hope they look at that before it goes live, because uh, that, that's going to affect a lot of people, I think. Um, and then the rapid regeneration morph. Um, this one doubles the frequency, but halves the, the duration. Um, so a lot stronger heal, but it doesn't. But it only lasts five seconds. Um, and people are calling this the the Magicka Vigor. Um, because it's it's a similar amount of healing for a similar amount of time, 
Uh, but the difference is, of course, vigor is guaranteed to hit you every single time. 100% of the time, vigor hits you on the first cast. Um, this one, you know, I'm still going to have to hit it maybe a few times to get it. And if I'm in a large group of like maybe 20 people or so, you know, it's possible I'm, I might never get it. Which, of course, is not a problem in that situation because I'm going to be getting hots from other people. So it's a non-issue there. But in small scale, that's going to be annoying. I think I hope at least one of these morphs they they make it so that it's guaranteed to hit the caster. That, and maybe maybe one other person, or maybe just make it totally a selfish heal. This rapid regeneration morph that'd be great if they did that. Um, and then mutagen, uh, the burst heal uh, from from this was increased by ninety three percent. So when you drop below what was it twenty five percent health or something like that. Um, this removes one negative effect and gives you a burst heal. That burst heal is going to be 93% stronger now. And Steadfast Ward um, was nerfed a little bit. Increased the base shield size by about 14%, which the base shield size is already super small. That's, that's really nothing. Uh, but reduced the bonus scaling to 100% from 300%. That's a pretty big hit right there. Uh, this this is a shield that a lot of people uh, rely on in PvP, uh, just because it's it's such a nice emergency shield. It's it's actually a pretty weak shield, but if you're really low on health, it's a very strong shield, uh, and so it can really help you in an emergency situation. And I don't know. I never thought it was it was overly strong. I mean, there's plenty of times when I'll be spamming this thing uh, while low health and people eat through it no problem. Um, so I don't know, but I mean, all shields in the game basically uh, were nerfed this patch, just like in Merkmire. That's just that's a second round of shield nerfs. Uh, so uh, rip sorcerers, except except not. They're still gonna be fine. Uh, but yeah, uh, and healing wards a little different. So this morph will no longer heal you after the shield ends, which that that is actually good. I never use this morph because I find that I hardly ever actually get that heal because, like they say in these notes here, the the shield is usually gone before it gets to that point. Uh, so I I almost never actually get that burst heal. So I always use ward ally instead. Um. So this morph will now heal you once every second for 25% of the remaining shield size. So uh, so you're at least getting some effectiveness out of it, you know, no matter what, as far as healing goes. So I think that's probably a good change. You know, it's just now that the shield is so much weaker, it's like that hardly matters, I feel like. Um but, you know, I don't know. It seems like they're really trying to discourage people from using damage shields, or at least just making them not as effective. Um, and I get it. I mean, people people get really annoyed by shield stackers, especially sorcerers who stack shields. Um, you know, it is annoying sometimes, but I don't, I don't know if this is... I don't know if it's necessary to go this far with it. Um, but I guess we'll just see... You know, um, we'll just see. The 
light armor, the light armor skill annulment, um, they, they nerfed it by 9%. So, so don't worry, they, they didn't forget that one in this round of damage shield nerfs. So that's all there is. That's all I really want to say about light armor. Uh, medium armor, uh, evasion gets a new functionality where if you're hit with an AoE attack of some kind, you get two seconds of major expedition, which two seconds doesn't sound like much, but you're probably going to see a pretty high uptime on that, especially in a battleground or fighting anywhere in like tight quarters. I mean, you're, you're pretty much always standing in AoE at all times, you know, caltrops or wall of elements or something like that. Um, so that's kind of neat. Um, so that's, that's kind of the, the main change there. Uh, there's, they mess around with some numbers and how long the duration is, but, uh, but the main thing there is that, that cool, uh, expedition buff there. Um, and then heavy armor. So they've reworked uh, immovable quite a bit. So first of all, the base ability now is called Unstoppable, which was the name of one of the morphs. So so now they've taken the morph name and given that the base ability, and now that morph is called Immovable, which was the base ability name. So they just swapped some names around here. Base ability is now called Unstoppable. Uh, increase the duration of the CC immunity to six seconds. Uh, and then th this is a weird one. While the CC immunity persists, your movement speed is reduced by 65%. Um, uh, seems severe, but six full seconds of full CC immunity, not just snare and immobilization, but knockback and stun and all that. You just cannot be CC'd at all for six full seconds. It is quite strong. Uh, but, uh, 65 cent, uh, 65 percent, uh, reduction in movement speed, you know, honestly, to me, this makes good sense. I mean, to be tanky, to have that much of an advantage, there sh it should come at a cost. And, you know, of course it makes sense that the tankier you are, the slower you should have to move. Um, so that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, but that, that's probably a 65% reduction in movement speed. That's going to feel pretty severe. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe tone that down just a little bit. Um, and then Immovable Brute is now called Unstoppable Brute. Uh, it no longer passively reduces the cost of CC break while slotted. Instead, you get that uh, CC break cost reduction while the ability is active. So while you have major ward and major resolve active. So still probably at all times. I mean, most people, you're going to keep that buff up at all times. So it's probably not going to be a big deal there. Um, and then the morph that was previously called Unstoppable, now called Immovable, uh, it no longer increases the duration of the ability. Uh, instead, uh, while the six second snare persists, so you know, you cast this ability, you get six seconds of CC immunity with that 65% reduction speed. So that's the snare it's talking about. Um, while that snare persists, it increases the amount of damage you can block by 5% per piece of heavy armor worn. So potentially 35% increase in the amount of damage you can block. Uh, seems pretty huge but also that 65 percent snare for that six seconds uh is increased by five percent so you, you got to pay a little bit extra to get that a little bit more power uh and they made a little comment if you are in all seven pieces of heavy armor you truly will be immovable <laughs> they're clever um that's an interesting thing i mean that that will make you like 
quite tanky where you, you can you can probably just hold block for a really really long time and just not die and take hardly any damage um yeah, that does come at a great cost there i mean you're barely going to be able to move at all to me it makes sense but i don't know i bet people who play really tanky builds i i wonder how they're going to feel about that if it's if it's going to be worth it to them um It'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I could see I could see some cool stuff happening there. And uh, in PvE, you know, I could see it being totally, absolutely useful. The tank doesn't really need to move around that much in PvE. Just a boss fight, they're mostly just staying put, hanging out. Um, uh, I don't know how much, how valuable that um, that CC immunity is in PvE, though. It seems like probably not very. So it's very much a PvP skill, uh, it seems like to me. Um... I don't know about that one. It seems like if it were me, I would probably opt not to, but I really hate moving slow. Um, so I, to me, that, that seems like, well, no thanks. Those are some impressive looking uh, numbers there, but I don't, I don't know about that. Okay, let's move on to soul magic. This is a very interesting one, all right? So soul trap. This is the very first skill your character unlocks when you start this game. It's the, the very first skill you have access to. Um, it is now categorized as a single target dot, and they're balancing it accordingly compared to other, other dots. Um, it will now scale with your highest offensive stats. So it, it still costs Magicka, but the damage that it deals will scale off of your stamina Magicka or uh, you know weapon damage or spell damage. Whichever of those stats is highest, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to scale off of that. Uh, so it means anybody can use it, and anybody can get you know, a good benefit out of it. Uh, and also, if your weapon damage is highest, it's going to deal physical damage. And if your spell damage is highest, it's going to deal magic damage. Uh, so different damage types as well. Increase the damage per tick by 161%. Major increase, which this, this thing hardly did any damage at all before. So that basically just makes it do uh, a decent amount of damage. Uh, and I guess there was a two-second delay on this before, and they, they removed that. What's really interesting about this skill is, remember this patch, uh, all AoE dots are being heavily nerfed. They're doing way, way less damage, and they cost way more resources to cast as well, uh, compared to single target dots. Uh, so for um, single target boss fights, and there's plenty of them, where you don't really need to take AoE into account all that much, this ability is going to be replacing some old standbys that have been like mandatory skills basically since the beginning or as long as I've been playing right so like you may want to not use caltrops and use soul trap instead if you're a, like a stamina dd this could even take the place of maybe uh, endless hail uh, or something like that or even if you're a magicka dd might make more sense to use this over uh, Wall of Elements or whatever your your class AOE is, like Twisting Path or whatever. Um, it's really opening up some some new build options, and it actually like makes sense to not slot some of these these skills, like I said, that have been mandatory for so long. And especially, I feel like uh, PVE stamina damage dealers have got to be feeling good about this because. One, one big complaint about stamina DPS is that all the builds are the same. Like, no matter what class you are, a lot of the, the, like, the abilities that you must use in order to be competitive um, are non-class abilities. Uh, and, they're, and they're all the same from, from one, one build to the next. 
um, this is this is opening up a new option where you know maybe you would want to slot soul trap you know that that that's going to spice things up i mean it doesn't really do much for class identity but that's not really what i'm talking about i'm just talking about build diversity and how many options someone has as far as what what they're allowed to slot uh you could you know we we now have some potential variety in a, in a group setup um as far as like what's slotted on people's bars um, I think that's interesting. I think it's cool that the very first skill you unlock in the game is is one that you may continue using through the very end. Uh, that's there's a you know there's a neat like thing to that. <laughs> I don't know. I can't find the words right now, but I like it. I think it's cool. Uh, they're kind of standardizing werewolf as well. So they're saying in general, uh, werewolf skills are going to cost 25% more and do 25% more damage than a non-werewolf equivalent skill. Uh, so in general, it costs more to be a werewolf, but you also do more damage. Uh, so uh, that's that's just what it's like to be a werewolf. Um, so only one of the transformation morphs will uh, apply bleeds from light attacks. It's the, the non-pack leader morph. Uh, so if you want to deal bleeds, that's the one you're going to have to go for. Uh, and no more AoE damage from heavy attacks at all. Uh, light attacks were nerfed uh, by 17%, uh, and there's some other changes, especially to pack leader. I'm not going to read them all, just uh, for the sake of time, I want to move along. But I know, uh, like your pets are no longer targetable, which means uh, they're not, they can't really be a body block anymore. And I know some werewolf players are not too happy about that. Um, and there's been some other like number adjustments there. But in general, it seems like actually werewolves are being nerfed a little bit. Um, it is a bummer because only recently have werewolves really kind of become, you know, a, a true force to be reckoned with. Um, it's only, it's been less than a year since werewolves kind of got some much needed buffs and have actually been viable. Um, I don't know how this will shake out. I think maybe they will still be viable because they, they've been maybe, maybe a tad too strong. They can be a lot to cope with, uh, for sure. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. That's the, that's the phrase of the day, I guess. I've been saying, I've been saying, we'll see how, how many times you make a drinking game out of it. All right, so uh, for Fighters Guild, Dawnbreaker, of course, got the 400 millisecond cast time added to it, which basically that means uh, it cannot be animation canceled anymore. Um, and, you know, other, other um, similar ultimates have gotten uh, the same treatment. Um, like Berserker Strike from the two-hander uh, as well. Um, I know a lot of like seasoned PvP people are very much not happy about this, and you know it's going to affect my playstyle as well for sure. I do a lot of like dodge canceling and stuff like that. Um, but um, I don't know. It seems like it might be a fair change. I hate to say it, but it might be a fair change, especially. I mean, I know we're talking about Dawnbreaker right now, but especially I'm thinking for Ber Berserker Strike. That is not an obvious animation at all. It's it's easy to miss. And if someone's dodge, dodge canceling out of it, you don't even see it happening. And that thing can just take you to zero health in the blink of an eye. And you didn't even see it happen. You know, you see it on your recap and you just have no recollection of actually seeing that ability happen. Um, you know, there's not a lot of opportunity to react and to have counterplay to that. Um, so I can understand from the developer's standpoint why they would want to give... A player on the receiving end of that, you know, those 400 milliseconds to, to maybe block or dodge or just have a chance to avoid it. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it feels. It is. It's going to affect my play style for sure, but it might. It might be fair. 
Um, so they say, yeah, canceling the ultimate will not consume the resources, which means it's not going to fire. Uh, and it cannot be bashed or interrupted for, from abilities, they say. So I imagine if someone bashes you, it can still be attacked. It can still be canceled, but um, it's a pretty narrow window for them to do that. Uh, and it no longer has a six-person cap, which I don't know how often you're going to have more than six people like standing in the area that Dawnbreaker can hit. I don't know how much that really matters. Uh, but if you happen to have seven or eight people in front of you within range, it, it'll hit all of them now. Uh, Silverbolt Silverbolts is now a ranged spammable as its primary function. So uh, they have increased the damage by 12.5%, uh, reduced the cost down to 2,700, uh, and it no longer snares enemies. So it's just a it's just a ranged spammable is all it is, which makes me kind of happy. It alleviates my uh, my sorrow about uh, flying dagger being changed to a utility skill because I really do like having. Um, a good ranged spammable for uh, for a stamina build, um, and so you know they've kind of given that back. The only bummer is this this ability has an annoying audio effect uh, whenever you use it, so I'm not going to enjoy just hearing that over and over again. Um, but at least the functionality is there, so I'll take it. It's fine. Um, the silver shards morph will now hit everyone in the area uh, instead of having a cap. I didn't I didn't realize it had a cap. Uh, and the AOE damage deals 75% of the initial hit damage rather than just 50%. Uh, and then Silver Leash, um, so, uh, so they took the damage of this one back down by 25%, uh, increased the cost back up to 3780, uh, and it still applies a snare, but it's 30% instead of 40%. It still is the pull-in ability, so um, they, you know, they said they made the base ability and the Silver Shards morph that's a ranged spammable now, but the Silver Leash Morph actually goes back to being the, the utility pull-in skill. Uh, so, you know, non-DK tanks, don't worry, you still you still have your chain, um, which is which is nice. Um, uh, and then one last thing to mention about the Fire's Guild is that Circle of Protection. Um, previously, this would fear any undead enemies in the area. Uh, well, now it'll it'll fear any enemy. It's in a five meter radius. Um, so that's basically like everyone has uh, a mass hysteria, for, like the Nightblade's mass hysteria. That was a little better. It it debuffs your target. You're, anyone hit with it, and it's six meters versus this one is five meters. Um, so a little bit further reach there. But hey, you know if if you're not a Nightblade, but you want that kind of functionality in your build basically everyone has access to that now which is uh kind of cool and kind of um i don't know kind of worrisome there's gonna be a lot more fear in pvp uh which uh you know could be good or bad it's gonna be bad for me probably uh, so i'll move on to mages guild uh entropy was also redesigned to be primarily a dot uh, so this is another one that's going to change up some uh, some bar setups for some people. Um, it's it, there's really like the the standard old DPS bars might not look what like what they used to. Um, so increase the cost to twenty nine seventy from from sixteen twenty. So quite a bit more expensive. Um, entropy and the degeneration morph no longer heal over time, uh, and increase the damage from all morphs. 
by 220%, which again, this one was like Soul Trap. The, the damage that it dealt was like negligible. You're not using this skill for the damage. Uh, but now you will be. That's, that's doing you know a fair amount of damage now, a respectable amount. Uh, the duration is now 10 seconds instead of 12 seconds, but the major sorcery that you get still lasts 20 seconds, and that's very nice. Uh, so this is another one, you know, like uh, if you're a Magicka DPS, if it's a single target fight and there's no mobs to worry about, maybe get rid of Wall of Elements, like especially if you don't have a Maelstrom staff, get rid of Wall of Elements, slot this and Soul Trap, uh, you know, instead of your AoE, and plus whatever uh, single target dots you have as well, and you're going to be doing better damage, you know, you can get rid of those old staple skills, it's it's blowing my mind. Um you know, you're still going to want those for fights that, that uh, you know, have a lot of ads and stuff like that. So there still is a place for those. It's uh, it's just, it's neat. You know, for me, it's going to be easy. Like running through dungeons, I use an add-on uh, that I can use to swap between an AoE loadout and a single target loadout, right? We go through trash. I'm using my AoE loadout. I hit a hotkey and then I click on my single target loadout for the boss fight. Uh, and I don't, the, the, the group that I'm with doesn't even know what's happening, right? No one's having to, to stop and wait or anything. It's so fast. But uh, console players don't have that ability, right? They can't, there, there is no in-game op, uh, option to do that. You have to rely on an add-on and, you know, console players can't use add-ons. Um, so, you know, console players are going to have to choose. Like when they're doing, going through a dungeon run, you know, they're doing their daily undaunted pledges or whatever. They're probably just going to have to choose, do I want to do my AoE loadout or do I want to do my single target loadout for this entire dungeon? Uh, because, you know, people probably aren't going to want to hang out and wait for me to, you know, swap out individual skills one by one um, in between boss fights and trash fights and all that. Um, so, you know, it's that's already been an issue. You know, that's already been the case all this time. So that's nothing new. It's just I feel like it's maybe more of an issue now since there's such a big disparity between AOE DPS and single target DPS. You really you really do want to use different skills in those different situations uh, and that's not going to be so simple for console players to do. So I hope, I hope there's a future quality of life patch where maybe we get something like dressing room or alpha gear just built into the game. That, that would be really really nice. Uh, you know, I think I think that would make console people very very happy because that is such a nice add-on and it helps so much. Um, so okay, yeah, we're talking about entropy, right? So structured entropy, this morph, uh, no longer gives you max health for slotting it. Uh, instead, it now heals you every two seconds for for ten seconds. So you get the heal back here, um, and. Uh, What's cool is it's actually a good thing that this doesn't slot that this doesn't give you max health for slotting anymore. That was actually the reason that nobody used this skill because the thing is is you know when you bar swap to a bar that doesn't have this slotted then you you lose that max health and depending on the situation that that could be the thing that puts you into ex execute range. You know, you can you can really put yourself in trouble with that and some people just don't like to have to factor that in. Uh, and so they just always choose uh, the other morph instead. Uh, so now, you know, maybe maybe more people will use that. 
Uh, and then the degeneration morph uh, no longer has a 15 chance, 15 percent chance to heal you when you deal a light or heavy attack. Uh, instead, it returns 100 magicka when dealing a light or heavy attack um, to a target that has the dot on them. Um, every light attack, no cooldown there. So as long as this dot is ticking away on them, and you know if you're doing a normal DPS rotation, you should have a 100% uptime on all your dots, right? Um, then every light attack is giving you 100 magicka back. Uh, so that's the equivalent of almost an extra 200 magicka recovery just for using this skill, and you're highly incentivized to use this skill because it's a very strong single target dot. So uh, man, that's a that's a cool change. This this is a much better skill now. It really is, uh, and you still like the the only reason people even used it is because it's an easy way to get your major sorcery. Uh, it still has that. Uh, so people are people are just going to be people are already using this a lot now. Like everyone, every Magicka uh, DPS build is probably going to have this slotted for sure, um, even if they're using spell damage potions. You know, so I'm 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 feeling really good about that. I think a lot of people are excited about that one. This one though, it's not like Soul Trap. It it's it's only a Magicka ability. You should not use this if you're standing. Undaunted, the biggest change there is Necrotic Orb. Uh, so the main thing is they've changed it so that you can only have one orb active at a time. Uh, which that's that's another... Uh, if, if Healing Springs was a thing that, that healers were complaining about the most with this patch, this is probably a close second, I would say. Because uh, this is another like bread and butter skill for, for healers. This is basically, if a healer... If you... If you're out of things to do, when in doubt, toss some orbs out there, right? It's a, it's a really strong skill. It gives people a lot of resources back. Plus, it's a super strong heal. Um, so you can only have one active at a time now. Uh, now they did say it's not in the patch notes, but there was a forum post where they did. It was actually in that same post that Brian Wheeler, that message to the community that I read earlier, it was in that same post. He said, "Hey, in a future patch." They're planning to make it so that multiple people can activate the orb. Uh, so that will at least alleviate this a little bit. It won't just disappear the, the second somebody activates it. At least everybody on the team has a chance to do it. Still not as good as being able to have multiple at a time floating around. Um, but um, that's what it is. That's what it is. And, you know, we still have a few weeks. Maybe maybe they'll, they'll go back on it, but that, that rarely happens. So... So, uh, who knows? All right, moving on to uh, the Alliance War um, under Assault. So, Caltrops basically getting the same treatment as all the other AoE dots. Uh, the only reason I'm mentioning this one, uh, and I didn't mention the others, uh, is because just kind of what I was talking about when we were talking about Soul Trap up there, is this, this might be, you know, one of the first times in a long time that... You know, players aren't obligated to go grind PvP, you know, which is maybe an activity that they don't like doing, uh, to get this mandatory skill. You know, they can maybe do without it. You know, you might still want Vigor, but, you know, certain classes don't really need it. You know, like a Warden can easily do without Vigor for sure. Um, so that's that's the only reason I wanted to mention Caltrops is just because it's, um, it's being sunsetted just a little bit. But... Uh, there is something interesting to it. It now does give Major Fracture, so it still is going to be a very, very nice skill, especially for anyone playing solo. 
uh, and in PvP as well. You know, I mean, uh, I use this skill on my tam on my uh, Stamplar, uh, and you know, I, I like the way it works right now. And I'll be a you know a little bit bummed to lose the functionality that it has. Um, but having that major fracture uh, built into it uh, is actually going to be pretty nice for me. So I'll probably I probably will continue using it. Uh, but you know, it's kind of for the first time ever, it's like an optional skill. Um, or I don't know, first time ever, but first time since I've been playing, which has been since around one Tamriel. Uh, and then Vigor. This one, man, this is probably the best change in this whole dang thing. Um, so Vigor uh, and Resolving Vigor uh, now only heals the caster. So, okay, maybe that's not so great, but just hang with me. It only heals the caster. Um, but it increased the duration to 10 seconds instead of 5 seconds, but it only ticks every 2 seconds instead of every 1 second. Um, but uh, the healing per tick was increased by 85%. So overall, it is it is a slight nerf. It is slightly weaker because uh, it's, it's ticking half as often, but doing 85% more. So is that, is that a 15% nerf? Is my math right there? Uh, I'm not too sure. Uh, that's the base ability, uh, and they reduced the cost to twenty two ninety five instead of thirty five eleven. That's a pretty big cost decrease. Uh, so then, resolving vigor. Um, so this morph doubles the frequency but halves the duration. So that's basically the same old vigor, right? It lasts five seconds. It takes every single second, uh, except now uh, it has that cost decrease that the base ability got, uh, and the eighty five percent healing buff that the base ability got um, and it only applies to yourself not anyone around you um, so this is you know basically uh, resolving vigor got an 85% buff uh, you know long story short uh, and, it, it, and it no longer hits uh, your allies it only hits you uh, but it's very strong I think it's a fair trade I'll definitely take it uh, now, but if you do want that ability to heal your teammates, well, then you're going to want to choose the Echoing Vigor Morph. So that one is still the 10 second long, ticks every 2 seconds thing, uh, but it, uh, it hits your allies now. Up to 6 allies uh, in a 15 meter radius, and, uh, and it is currently a 10 meter radius. Uh, so that's a pretty wide radius, and just to, uh, you know, for comparison, the Templar's um, Extended Ritual that circle, that huge healing circle is 12 meters. And you know, even though Vigor is getting like a little, like a 15% uh, nerf there overall, uh, remember uh, Cleansing Ritual got a 90, what was it, like a 98% buff? So uh, so in general, I think that's it's kind of definitely make up for that. I'm going to be doing more healing, uh, even though I'm using the weaker version of Vigor. So I'm I am thinking I'm going to go for that extended duration version there and still going to come out ahead compared to, to where I'm at right now with my with my outgoing healing. So I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I'm probably going to try both because I'm sure that that five second duration one with the 85% buff, I'm going to have to try that out just because it, sound, it sounds so strong. I just want to see what it feels like to use that. But I think in the end, I'm probably going to end up using Echoing Vigor uh, so I have that, that group support going. So, if you can believe it, we've made it to the end. Uh, and of course, as, as I keep saying, I skipped a lot of it. All right, but but a lot of it was just 
adjusting numbers, right? This this thing does X more damage or costs this much less magicka or whatever. Um, so I know I think it gets kind of monotonous and, and boring sounding just talking about nothing but the numbers. Uh, so I was trying to have a bit less number talk and really just fo focus on, uh, you know, what's, what's really important here. Uh, I think overall this feels like a good direction to me. And, uh, you know, I think inevitably when there's going to be this many changes, of course, there's going to be uh, an initial negative reaction on the online communities. Um, and it makes sense. It's a lot to take in all at once. Uh, but inevitably, after a day or two, people get it out of their system. They say the things that they want to say, uh, and then they, they calm down a bit. Uh, and you stop you stop seeing that kind of rhetoric on the forums and in um, stream chats and stuff like that. Um, and you know, once people s stop the naysaying, then they start asking questions like, "Well, okay, now that this ability works this way, what if I were to use it with this armor set?" And 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 so and so we begin our new journey into the new meta. You know. Uh, and, and that's really all it is, is, uh, like, okay, we have this, this new set of tools to work with. What are, what are the new possibilities? Um, you know, and even kind of meticulously combing over them, you know, item by item like this, it's not obvious to everyone, like what, what all the possibilities are with, with all these changes. Um, you know, that's why we do testing. There's going to be a phase where we're, we're checking stuff out and seeing seeing what the new possibilities are, uh, and I think it's exciting. You know, I, I really do think it's exciting. And you know, at the expense of some things, there's some play styles that maybe aren't going to be as viable anymore. Uh, some people might have to farm out some some new sets. Uh, you know, those things are a bummer, but it's also unavoidable in a game like this. It's just going to happen, and you should expect it to happen. Uh, in the end, I I do think that the devs at least have an idea of where they're going. Uh, it, it seems that way to me. I, I know for sure people strongly disagree with that statement. Uh, but like I said, I think that this isn't meant to be the, the final thing, right? This is just another step along that journey. Uh, and, it, and it seems to be going okay. Uh, the healing nerfs were very much needed in PvP. Uh, and I think the PvE people are going to figure it out. and They're, they're going to be fine. Um, so anyway, I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys are too. I hope to see you there in Tamriel. Uh, and until next time, take care.